Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. As always, I am Brent Young, and I'm joined by a couple of guys, a couple of guys I like to call pals, a couple of pals I like to call buds, some buds that are my dudes. That's right. Aaron Smith and Chad Brendo. Aaron, Chad, how are we? Doing great. I, I'm ready for a heck of, this is going to be a big show. We got a lot to get to. Got a lot. Well, I'm out here in Athens, and there's like a foot of snow out here, so it's stupid. A foot of snow, and that's stupid. One thing that is not stupid is Dan Co Transmissions. You guys thought I was going to bring in the next guy. Dan Co Transmissions. Woo! Big time. Big time supporters of BCJ, BBP, and the Cincinnati Bearcats in general. Go to Dan Co Transmissions. Mention any of us. Mention Brady Collins. Give, give Brady a shout out. <laughs> At Danco Transmission, they'll get you what? They'll get you first $10 off an oil change. If you want a little bit more than an oil change, they'll get you $61 off anything over $100 purchase. 61, that's right. The Bearcats scored 61 points. It was a win. So $61 off anything over $100. Danco Transmission. Wow. What do you think of that deal, Brady? That's a pretty good deal. So the weekend before every show, we take the Bearcat point total, and whatever they scored is the discount you get on the service on your car as long as it's over $100. So this week, go to Danco Transmission, Bearcat Journal, show them your membership, $61 off any service that costs at least $100. That's a pretty good deal. That's big time. That's big We're going to have to get you up to Danco. I bet they'd, take, they'd love to have the, the Brady Collins service. <laughs> that's not it's it's in it's in up by jungle gyms. That's not too far from you. No, no, it's not. Where no. get you set up with Joe? Joe's probably on here right now. Uh, he, watching. He, he's the Fairfield Jungle Gyms, not the yeah, East Fairfield side Jungle, jungle Gyms. Fairfield Jungle Gyms. Yeah. Gyms. Yeah, that one's on the other side where we're at, but uh no, uh I think I've talked to him at least once or twice and great to be on here. Obviously, great sponsor and he's a great guy and it's funny cuz uh I think I was looking at something earlier and my son saw it and he thought it was the uh, the name of the, you know, the sponsorship in the, the movie Cars because he loves that movie. So it's kind of cool. <laughs> it looks just like it, doesn't it? It's kind of got it that does. feel to it. It does. It's definitely something and co. I don't. I can't remember right. what it is. Right. But. Yeah, me neither. Aaron, how about, can, can we look that up? The movie Cars? It, it's something co. It is something co. But it is. you know what? Gosh, you, you spoke too soon. Gosh, we've got well, we a got, fourth guy we, here. We got we got something else to get to this week and next week. Whoa! Remember, I talked a while back about we had a big new sponsorship. That big new sponsorship starts today. You'll be able to activate this sponsorship on Saturday. Home Field Apparel is going live. Big. New Catter Day. It kicks off their eight weeks of new teams that they're introducing into the home field line of apparel. Saturday, January 22nd, noon, the Cincinnati Bearcats line at Home Field Apparel goes live. All you have to do, go to homefieldapparel.com when it goes live. Enter Bearcat Journal, 15% off. 15 percent off of your purchase we can't talk about the designs yet 
We have seen they're, the designs. They're dope. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And, and if you're not familiar with Home Field, what they do, they've got a lot of, of, of fresh new stuff, but they like to go back through the years and dig through some of the retro stuff and get some of the retro logos, some of the retro uh, events and, and moments in time and space and put that on t-shirt, put it on hoodies, put it on crewnecks, and uh, all of that will be live on Saturday, the 22nd. We are fired up about it. I can't wait to get this thing started. Look, UC fans, the entire season, all I heard was, need more apparel, need more gear, need more gear, need more gear, need more gear, need more gear. The home field stuff is comfy, it's cozy, and uh, I think you guys are going to love it. And I'm excited to have them join Danco up top on this podcast. And uh, next week, here's the beauty. Next week, once it launches, we'll get to show you what the gear looks like live and in the flesh. Because we'll, we'll have some ready to go for you by the time next Monday comes and the promotion is live. So there we go. There's our ad reads. Now, introduce Andre. our new friend, our, our old friend that's back for a new offseason. Well, well, I, you know, we got to thank one one person probably for this all this new apparel coming out. Because I mean, who wants to bring out new apparel for a team and a program that just stinks? You know, you got to you got to have one that's on on the rise, one that's a a budding star in the industry, and that is the Cincinnati Bearcats, man. That is the Cincinnati Bearcat football team, man. That is one man, myth, legend that builds these young men into giant athletes that go out and compete every Saturday, sometimes Friday nights, sometimes Thursdays. I don't know. Weird times when they play. But big-time athletes being produced every single day by none other than Brady Collins. The man. The joy to have him back. First time in the year 2022. Brady! How are we? Doing good, boys. That is. That's crazy. It's the first time 2022. I think uh, I think we did this around this time last year. So, you know, let's keep the, the good juju flowing and, you know, recap what we did last year and set a new standard and keep it rolling. Recap Re- real, quick. Year, real quick. Real quick. The beginning of year six. This is a This is a very transient business. Has to feel good, like year six, still rolling and, and reaching new heights with the Bearcats. What's that? It kind of broke up a little bit. I'm sorry. I said year six, like this is a transient business where, you know, the average stay for a coach is like three and a half, four years. As a staff, it has to feel pretty good year six. And this thing is still reaching new heights. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's. It's exciting. I mean, I, you know, it's like I always say this time of the year for me, it's, it's, it's like, that's your new, you know, your new blood. That's your, you know, what drives you to get up in the morning and really, you know, continue to instill and, um, you know, build off of everything that we've done, because let's face it, your team is reborn this time every year. You know, you lose a lot of guys, um, you know, to the NFL, uh, to graduation and, uh, then you get some guys, some early enrollee guys in. You get a couple transfers. You get young guys that are now not young guys. And, um, you know, it's just exciting because to me that's – I mean, your team is born right now, you know, and the 
the results of all the hard work from January through August fall camp, that's what shows up. And we have that, you know, in sayings all over the facility is, you know, the, de the dedication and determination of January through August ultimately reveal themselves in November. And, you know, we've all heard it November's for contenders and all that stuff. And, you know, we've been um, fortunate to be in the uh, championship game the past three years, winning it back to back. And so that's the standard. That's what we set out to do here. It's, you know, the first thing coach Fix said, and um, you know, it's just, it's exciting and uh, really looking forward to, to this year. And especially this off season, because, you know, some unique things we're going to do and, um, but it's exciting. Well, before we get too ahead of ourselves, you know, you can't touch on the new before we close the book on the old, uh, you know, sure. The, the ending wasn't what we all would have hoped for, but still talk about that trip to Dallas and kind of the, the Bearcat fan base and, and, and the program really kind of taking over the city leading up to that tough game in, in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it was great. I mean, obviously, uh, Combo was one of those, you know, um, quote unquote, white buffalo, you know, things that you wanted to do. And, uh, you know, I've been fortunate. I've been to the Fiesta Bowl. Obviously, our program, we've played in the Rose Bowl, not a Rose Bowl, you know, actual game. But, um, you know, been to the Orange Bowl, been to a bunch of other bowls throughout my time. But, you know, you just always heard amazing things about the Cotton Bowl, the way they take care of you. Um, you know, the activities that you do as, as a team and, you know, with your families, um, you know, where they put you up to stay was unbelievable and just, you know, everything I've, you know, deep down in my heart, I've always just loved Texas. Um, you know, I've had, uh, relatives that live in San Antonio, got friends that lived in Dallas when I was younger, when the Browns kind of went away, Bernie Kosar went to the Dallas Cowboys for a little bit. So selfishly, I was a Dallas Cowboys fan. <laughs> they happened to win during that time. So I kind of looked like, you know. A, uh, a guy just rooting for the team winning, but you know, it was, it was awesome. Our guys handled it really well. I mean, you know, we went down there motivated and um, you know, on a mission, did a great job the whole week practicing, handling business. Um, and you know, it was, it was awesome to see how many Bearcat fans did show up there and the support they had. I mean, it was not only just felt that week, but obviously throughout the whole entire year. So take us back into running into AT&T Stadium from the locker room. What's going through your mind as you run onto the field as and you just take in how loud it all was and just the atmosphere? Uh, I mean, it was just, you know, it was just a beautiful sight. You know, I mean, you're going up against, you know, the returning national champions in Alabama, a team that's obviously, you know, been a dynasty for as long as Coach Nick Saban's been there. Um, you know, just the – the amount of people on the sideline and in the, you know, the luxury suites and, you know, the random people that, you know, I haven't even seen on the sidelines um, in the corners, you know, throughout every game, just, you know, just obviously all that attention, all that stuff. But, you know, it was just a, a big amount of pride, you know, to, to run out onto that field with those guys, everything they've been through, everything we've been through as a program and, you know, just knowing where we came from to where it is. And, you know, that was, that was the biggest mission is, you know, this isn't, this isn't just a one a one time thing, like you know. But it was it was really cool. Did you get a chance to look up into the stands and go, "Wow, Cincinnati's here!" Like like half the city. <laughs> What's that? It broke up a little bit. I'm sorry. I said, "Did you get a chance to look up into the stands and go, damn, half the city's here'?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I tried to look up there as much as I could a little bit, you know, during the team. 
those can get, you know, somewhat long every now and then, but uh, it was, it was awesome. It was great. So uh, sure. The outcome obviously was not a win. We all wish it would have been, especially you and the team itself, but do you guys take any solace in the fact that you look at the national championship game and it is Georgia versus Alabama, the two teams that you guys have most recently lost to in the past two seasons and just how close you are to kind of reaching that upper echelon of being in there. I sure you guys were there playing in the semifinal, but having that, that being that close to, to tasting that ultimate success, does that kind of bring that extra chip on the shoulder and, you kind of take a, a, yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking maybe, maybe he could still hear us and then you're going to roll in. He, he got tired of how long your question took. And he oh, I kept on talking because <laughs> it do a little swirly. We were going to uh, have dead air, but no, I, I mean, Brady's touching it right. Uh, it's a, obviously. It, is it better? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're back. I had to reconnect. I don't know. It was something was funky. I apologize, guys. All good. Oh, you're good. You're good. No, I was just saying, do you guys take any solace in the fact or any pride in the fact that, sure, you know, the outcome wasn't what you guys wanted or, or, or what the fan base or anyone wanted in the program, but it was Alabama versus Georgia, the last two teams that this team has lost to in their past two seasons. So kind of a uh, an interesting tidbit, but kind of something that you can build a little chip in the shoulder going forward. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. And, you know, you don't you don't want to hang your hat on, hey, these are the only two teams that, you know, beat us in the past two years. So, you know, we shouldn't feel as bad because, you know, ultimately we know what everybody in our program, we wanted to be playing on that national championship stage. And, um, you know, we were right there. And last year we were, you know, right there beating Georgia. Um, and I told it to the guys like a week ago. I said, you know, I don't want to watch this game, but I'm going to because, you know, all it does is add more fuel to the fire and motivate you even more because we played against those two guys. We knew, you know, what to expect. We, you know, saw it firsthand with our own eyes and, you know, their sore bodies and all that stuff, like what it takes. And, you know, it's just, you're always measuring yourself up against, you know, the, the best of the best. And, um, you know, again, we were right there, but no doubt we'll use it as motivation to move forward. I do want to let you guys know I was able to find the logo that you were talking about. It is Dinoco, not Dinoco, yeah. but yeah. that is that is the logo from uh, from cars that you guys were talking about. So there we go. It's not far off. No, no, no. You like you like right? all these new new toys and bells and whistles we've got now, Brady? I mean, it is. It's very fancy. It's a lot, you know, more um, more high scale than uh, your average Zoom. So this is cool. <laughs> you might have to take the whole team thing into this new uh whatever this stream yard show them all the little gizmos and gadgets but let's let's move on you know that great season you know that's it's 2022 that's about, now let's yes go. it's about what what we can recap had to touch on it had to had to at least give that little little bit of light there but season ends then you are able to gather your staff together probably after a little time off but what is the main thing that you start to look forward to as you mentioned, because this is the time where you mold next year's team starting now in the weight room and different things of that sort. What, how long of a timetable did you take and what do you kind of really dissect as some, some main key points of, of interest that you want to look into heading into the next couple of weeks? Uh, I mean, I'm not trying to sound, you know, crazy or anything, but it's like, you know, you're kind of always slowly preparing for, you know, the next, 
uh, off season and, you know, what you're losing and what you're getting back and, you know, always doing, you know, your SWAT analysis, the strength, the weaknesses, opportunity and threats. And, uh, you know, I slow played that, you know, probably after the USF game and then really in Dallas, um, you know, when team was in meetings or we had a little downtime, I really started to kind of dive into it a little more, um, you know, after the game, obviously took, took a full day just to be with the family and just kind of, you know, get my mind away and all that kind of stuff, but it, it never shuts off. You're always, you know, thinking and texting with guys and, um, but, you know, gave my staff a good little break. And then it was really just all about, you know, coming back in, um, you know, do, do what we always do, clean the weight room, you know, gut it, move stuff around, make it feel new, get some new signage up, uh, you know, get, uh, the, uh, the awards that all the guys got, you know, academic, all Americans, all Americans store for, you know, put those up in the weight room. So it looks good, but you know, and then obviously just always getting with coach Vic daily, whether, you know, in person or on the phone, just communicating with him. And then, you know, you just slowly start evolving the process of, you know, what, what we need, what this team needs, what, you know, what we have to do differently than we did last year, which I love because we're always doing things differently, who we are to the core stays the same but you know I always use this word of perpetual development and uh you know if you're never continuing to grow and get better then you're never really going to truly you know reach your potential so um you know it's a fun little process it can get you know a little tedious at times and you know there's always extra stuff you got to you know throw onto the plate with um you know hiring a nutritionist and um some of my own staff guys that left which was great uh, one of my guys went to go be the head strength coach at Youngstown State, which is awesome. And then uh, I had another guy leave who went up north 71. You know, we won't hold it against him. But <laughs> so but it's uh, it's been fun, you know, and, um, you know, I kind of I kind of that type that when I'm not busy, I think I lose my mind. So um, I know my wife could say that for sure. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's time now. You know, I mean, we're starting tomorrow. So how excited are you for the construction that's already started on the locker room and just getting that finished up and, and getting things back to normal or the new normal as far as the locker room goes? No, I mean, it's awesome. It's definitely, you know, long overdue. And again, so proud that it's happening. Um, you know, and I've said it, you know, our, our program has been used to being misplaced. You know, our first year when we had to move out and we put bubble and, this and that and all kinds of just crazy stuff so like you know our kids don't even bat an eye to it because they know they're getting a brand new locker room which they've earned and uh just walking by every day seeing the construction and i peeked my head in there today and it was like holy cow like you know it's exciting because you know coach says it all the time if you're not growing then you know you're, you're not going to be able to do what we ultimately want to do here and that's not just in the team that's staff and facilities and you know support and uh you know, it's just really exciting to see those things really start to happen. And it, uh, it, it does. It gives you more juice. It gives the kids more juice. It helps in recruiting. It helps with all that stuff. Do, do you know Tobes? I didn't, who's Tobes? Remember, remember Tobler time? The walk-on for basketball many, many years ago that the, the fan base loved and they had like little graphics for him and everything. Uh, no. Edits on... <laughs> He, he, he's like running the locker room construction. Good. So he's, he's, he's good with me then. 
we'll have to get you two introduced. Maybe you can go out to lunch someday. Tobler's awesome. He's yeah. also a friend of uh, the Bearcat Journal Podcast Network. Well, there we so go. I, I, I think Brady and Tobler would be peas in a pod. You would love it. He tailgates right by Simone for football oh, games. Like nice. he's he's a diehard Bearcat. Diehard. Well, then he's he's a-okay in my book, my friend. I tried to get him to swipe me the prototype for the lockers that they brought in so I could put them here behind oh, me, but that go. hasn't happened yet. That hasn't happened just yet. Chopping <laughs> it, you know, then then you're good. Yeah. I just need half of one right here. Good to go. Well, you talked about growing, Brady, and and, and as as each you know, Dez and and Kobe today and and other players of the sort have have sent their you know farewell goodbyes and everything. And, and by the way, Dez Ritter's had me had me tearing up. Uh, it was that was awesome. But you also see the other players saying, "Job's not done. There's still things that we need to get accomplished." And then you have these quote unquote the super seniors making the comeback, you know, the, your Malik Vans, your Javon Hicks, it, it, different players of that sort. When when you see the the out with these legends, and then these other guys still coming back and, and saying, "Hey, there's still left to be undone." Does that kind of get you fired up, knowing, "Hey, these these guys that left and and left a big mark on the school, these guys that are coming back, they want to do the same thing next year." Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it gives it gives you so much. Uh, so much more momentum heading into it because, you know, you got a great core guys that have been through it and, you know, selfishly made the move to come back. Not yes, just to better their, you know, uh, stock for the next level, but also because they, they feel, a, you know, a draw to this place. They, you know, they want to leave it better than what they found it. And even though, even if they would have left, it's still, yes, it's way better than when they found it. They want to continue to enhance that. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's to me, that's awesome because, you know, guys like Javon Hicks, who, you know, played a lot of football. And then when Wiggins was uh, back, he didn't play as much that year. So, like, in his eyes, he's like, I still got a lot of ball left that I, I showed I, you know, haven't played. And I feel like I can get better. And he's motivated. He's motivated by that. You know, um, Jabari Taylor, one of the coolest things he told me, he's like, Coach, I, I, I'm coming back because. I see this D line room a lot like 2018 when Kamani and Tez and those guys left and it was just a bunch of young guys and we needed help and guidance. And, and that's what Cortez or that's what uh, Marquise Copeland was able to provide and, and Tez and all them. But like, you know, it is, you're, you're so lucky and fortunate to have those guys back. And also it's a challenge. It's a challenge to us, but you know what? Last year, the, a lot of guys did the same thing. And I think that kind of showed a blueprint of, you know, okay, Hey, Kobe Bryant coming back and really solidifying these few things. Well, ultimately he was still going to play football really well. Well, because he came back and really emphasized those few things, look what that did to his year and to his draft stock. But in turn, I mean, Kobe's the most ultimate leader there's ever been. Like, I mean, Mamba mentality, all that stuff. Yeah. We talk about it, but you know, I was talking with Kobe today and he was telling me about guys that, you know, he really was looking forward to seeing their growth and this guy needs this and this guy needs that. And, you know, he was just like, coach, man, you better FaceTime me tomorrow during the first workout. He's like, cause I want to, I want to be on their ass. And I'm like, you know, I will. And just, you know, to me, that means more than anything because, you know, I, I keep in touch with all those guys as they're training and prepping and all that stuff, but they care more about what's going on back here. What are those guys doing? 
you know, and to me, that says a lot about our program. It says a lot about those young men and uh, just makes you feel really good that, you know, we've done this the right way and uh, just proud and honored to have all those cats back. Now you bring up leadership and obviously there's a ton of leaders that are leaving this program um, to move on to NFL and other things. Um, is there anyone that you've seen step up so far in that leadership role that we should be kind of looking out for? From the guys that came back? Uh, just in general right now, uh, just in the locker room, because there's obviously a, a pretty large void as far as the leadership goes. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, we were so fortunate last year. And again, you know, everybody's always going to tout Dez, and even I did. But, you know, your quarterback, yes, he better be a leader. And, uh, you know, we were so fortunate, though, that we had so many leaders. Like, it was almost, you know. Like, all right, you say that guy's name, you're like, yep, of course he's a leader. And, you know, I mean, if I had to say there's guy, I mean, a lot of them are guys that came back. I mean, Will Huber's a leader. He has been since his true freshman year. And, yeah, he didn't play as much football during his time. But the way he works, the way he leads, the way he does academics, the kind of teammate that he is, that's a leader. Um, you know, I mean, Jabari Taylor, no doubt. You still got uh, Wiley and Lenny T in the tight end room. You got. Chuck and Rhino and a young Ethan Wright in the uh, running back room. Those guys all lead. Trey Tucker at wideout is an absolute dog. Um, he leads. And, uh, you know, so you, you feel good because you got bits and pieces all over. And Hicksy coming back, that's a leader of the secondary. Arquan Bush. I mean, but, uh, you know, again, when, when such unbelievable young men that, yes, were really good at football, but were also just incredible leaders and workers and representation represent representatives of this program and even the university when they're gone yeah it can be kind of like oh what are we going to do but you know fortunately we've recruited well we've developed well and we got the right guys in this program that you know they're ready to step up and like when i had all my one-on-one -on -one meetings with everybody you know i said look you know everybody wants to be a leader now they want to you know step up more to all this stuff. i said well that's great but it doesn't mean you have to change who you are it's just you're enhancing a part of you you know, I love the quote that leaders uh, are born. I don't think that's true. I mean, yes, natural leaders are born, but they're also developed and they're enhanced. So, you know, I think it's just going to be a fun um, process that we go through this winter into the spring ball, which will be huge. And then uh, into the summer. And, you know, I think there's going to be a bunch of leaders that emerge and it's going to be uh, it's going to be exactly what we've been doing. Is, is that something that you take into account when kind of forming the different, you know, lifting groups and, and things of that sort? Because, you know, last year you mentioned how, you know, certain players said, I want to lift with this guy. You know, I want to be in, in this group with the top level guys. Is, is that something now this year with all those players that did move on to the NFL and different things like that? Are, are you kind of giving a little bit more of a look to see the different lifting groups and, and workout groups and kind of matching certain people with certain people? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. To me, that's one of my favorite things is, uh, you know, making the lift groups. And, you know, it's it's not easy, you know what I mean, because you do. You're trying to put certain guys that need to be with certain other guys and need to be with this coach. Like, I, I don't always say that because all of my coaches are unbelievable and we get the best out of everybody. But, you know, certain guys, they got to be around these guys. Certain guys, they don't need to be around these guys. And everybody's got their own, you know, individual challenges and um, – goals that we're trying to you know really get them to achieve and none of it has to do with you got to bench this you got to squat this because none of that matters um it helps but um you know like case in point 
um, you know, I was looking at uh, my whiteout group that I trained last year, and it was, you know, Trey Tucker, Michael Young, and Alec Pierce. And that was great because those guys all trained hard. They were freaks. They pushed each other. They never let one guy, you know, take a day off or rep off. But also in that lift group was also Arquan Bush, Kobe Bryant, and Ahmad Gardner. So it was like it was a competitive battle. And, you know, as I look at it now, I'm like, okay, I need – I always I always search out for the projects. You know, last year Ahmad was my project. You know, I said, you're not going to be skinny anymore. We're going to get you bigger, faster, stronger. You got to eat more. You got to do this. got to blah, blah, blah. Obviously, that really helped him. And, you know, when I was looking at the whiteouts, there was one guy that stood out to me, and that was Jaden Thompson, you know, a guy that shows a lot of potential. He's just a little skinny. That's fine. I could take care of that. But, you know, you're going to come over here with Trey, and you're going to get dirty with Arquan and all these guys. And um, But it is. To me, that's, that's always one of the, you know, more unique, fun things that I do, and it's really, you know, psychology 101 kind of stuff is, um, you know, mixing guys up almost – sometimes every day, sometimes every other week. And, uh, you know, putting the O-line with uh, D-line guys or just the O-line and D-line with linebackers, all that. I mean, it's just – it's a fun little puzzle to put together. But no doubt it's always done with the best interest of the kid and, you know, what's really going to get the best out of them. Would you say that's the one group you're you're most excited to see how, how that works out? Is that little mix with the uh, wide receivers and the DBs again? Or, or, or do you kind of have a group that you're – that you're like, okay, I love this group. I'm going to keep an eye out on that. <laughs> I mean, selfishly, I love all my groups. I mean, right, right. They, well, of course. You know, my day kind of gears up. You know, we'll have the, the young new puppies in and then the O line and the D line and linebacker crew, which I'm excited for because there's a lot of young, you know, hungry, starving D linemen that, you know, it's their time. They got to step up. So to see, you know, their, um, their attack and how they, you know, handle this offseason is going to be great. Um, I really feel really nice about my quarterback, tight end, running back group. Um, you know, I mean, just a bunch of dudes in there that are crazy. And, uh, you know, and then, it, yeah, the wideout DB group. I mean, that's always, you know, I kind of always leave them as the last group of the day because, uh, you know, sometimes those are those guys that are trying to gain weight. So you want them to sleep in a little bit, make sure they eat a, a good meal, you know, come in get their lift in then you know right around lunchtime they're good and all that but uh it's uh I, ca I can't say that's my one that i'm looking forward to the most but you know it, we'll, we'll find out in the next coming weeks how about that i like that with the new year uh is all of your staff coming back or are we going to see any new faces on the uh, strength and conditioning staff you will see some new but yet familiar faces on the strength staff i will say that so you know just oh come on you can't tease us like that well, you know, I don't want to, you know, with with hiring processes and official and all that stuff. But <laughs> text me some names. I can say it. You can't. <laughs> uh, no, like you know, I think I kind of gave it away a little bit. But uh, my one assistant and just you know, dear friend and close brother, uh, Zach Higgins, our big dog. No, uh, I know it's all good. No, he's he's like I said, he's heading up north seventy one. You know, my old boss, my mentor. He needed my help. He called me for my guy. You know, that's how I look at it now. Um, <laughs> you know, wish him the best. That's going to be awesome. And then uh, our young local guy from Moeller High School, Jimmy Rodenberg, he's uh, heading up to be the head strength coach at Youngstown State. And I couldn't be more happy about that. Sending, you know, one of my guys up there with Coach Doug Phillips. And I already know he's making a huge impact up there. But uh, there will be some familiar faces from years past here. And uh, 
that makes me more happy and proud. And I know, you know, jacks up a lot of our guys because, um, you know, we were able to be in a position where we had some more resources to take care of guys and, you know, really beef up our staff. So I'm really excited. Familiar faces on the strength staff and beyond. Ooh. Gosh, I, I can't believe you already hired Ryan Royer, man. That was <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell Please, you. We, look. We tried. <laughs> you can't hire Ryan Royer. That dude's going to be making seven figures in like three years. Yet he's been, he's been down there like every day last week. So, you know, you can't get rid of him. He's also a crazy person. <laughs> That's why you two get along so well. He's a great guy, man. It was. Uh, I love Royer. We have this play hard board. Uh, it's really, it's a hallway as you go down the steps into the weight room. So it's and, a play uh, hard hallway? Yes. And what was really stairwell. Let's go stairwell. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was actually, it was, you know, one of those eye opening things because, you know, that's, that's Coach Fix baby. That's what we build our whole program on is, you know, play hard. You don't have to be the fastest. You don't have to be the strongest. You don't have to be a starter. It's do you go hard? Do you play hard as you can every single snap? And we always take down the guys when they're done and we, you know, put a smaller fat head of them on a back wall. And, uh, you know, it was, it was crazy because we took down, I think over 10 guys this year and you're just like, Holy cow. And, uh, you know, you still had five up on offense and he got one on defense and, you know, Will Huber. And to me, what, what more of a motivation for those guys every day they come down in the weight room is, you know, yes, we're losing a lot of productivity and a lot of reps and all that stuff, but, I mean, who's going to replace those guys on the play hard walls? Because that's that's our culture. That's how we've won so many games here. And uh, that's what I'm excited to see. Well, some candidates to go on the play hard wall would be some of the new players that have been coming in. We're going to throw some names at you. It's going to be the, the uh, fresh faces, the new enrollees, and the transfers that have been announced and official. So we are safe to talk about them here on the BBP with one Brady Collins. Uh Let's let's start with the early enrollees, if you will. Top of the list is going to be a player that the fan base is already kind of gushing about. Someone who has the potential to really make a name for himself early, a high-level recruit. It's going to be JQ Hardaway. What is your initial impression of JQ, and what do you kind of want to fine-tune? What's your, what's the Brady Collins look beyond the player, JQ Hardaway? Bigger and thicker. Um, but, no, he uh... – he looks great. I mean, he's every bit of 6'3 plus. I mean, he is tall, long, long arms, long legs. But uh, what was so unique and just awesome for me to see is, I mean, how well he bends, how well he moves. And, again, naturally, he's young. His body still hasn't matured, and he's going to get accustomed to the way we do things. He's going to take off fast. I mean, he's already up to one like 88, 190. Um, so it's going to be really fun developing him. But uh, – Really, really great kid. Raised extremely well. Very humble, um, respect, respectful, and uh, you know what I love is he's always got a smile on his face, and he's, uh, you know, I was kind of busting his his balls the other day. I'm like, man, you don't sweat, do you? And he's like, nah, not really. I said, I'm gonna change that. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, obviously, with Jerome Ford leaving, uh, there's a little bit of a hole in the running backs room, and Stephen Bird is one of the uh, early enrollees. Um, so how's Stefan looking in there? That's a good looking cat as well, man. I mean, you know, he's every bit, he, it, this is how funny it is. I mean, first day when we weighed him in for his evals and all that stuff, 
he was like 205. He's like, coach, that's got to be wrong. I was like 215 the other day. And I'm like, well, I'm like, it's all right, dude. Like nobody's really getting on you right now or anything. We're like, you know, we're going to see how you grow. Well, come, you know, by the end of the week, Friday, he was 215. I'm like, what in the world? He's just like, yeah, I don't know. I told you. But uh, again, another great looking kid has a huge smile on his face, comes in, works his butt off. He's definitely going to get very, very big. But uh, he's strong, he's explosive, he's twitchy. And, uh, you know, it's just going to be – you can tell he's excited and eager because I know he hurt his foot um, his last year of football there. But, you know, he's you can just tell he's hungry and he's ready to go. I'm going to stay with the DBs. Uh, mentioned J.Q. Hardaway as well, already, but I'm going to mention a player from a, from a high school that Cincinnati's really been getting some big-time players from. And we're going to mention another one a little later. That's Coleraine High School, cornerback. Super speedster, Ken Willis. What what kind of do you see in Ken Willis that you want to mold and, and create? What do you think about his first impressions? Same thing. I mean, again, you know, comes in, a smile on his face. He's, he's uh, humble. He's eager to work. Um, again, coming from a great program, so he already knows kind of, you know, a little bit of what blue-collar work ethic is. And, um, you know, again, he's your typical, you know, young corner or DB body coming in, skinny, but – you know, he's got twitch to him, got a little little juice to him. And, you know, it's just going to be, again, like all these guys, fun developing him and seeing how far he can take his mind and his body. Working as much with the uh, the recruiting class as I got to, I did get close to some of these kids and was, you know, hitting them up every week, just seeing how they did in their games and what have you. Uh, CJ Doggett was one of those kids that I would talk to week in, week out, and he was always real quick to respond and everything. So I can only imagine what he's like to work with in the locker room. Yeah, I mean, he's first thing. I mean, he's strong, and that's you know that's what I love to see. Not just like strong. He's got you know the quick twitch, fast explosion that you need as a D line, and uh, he moves well. Um, you know, his body's gonna obviously look completely different than what it is right now, but he doesn't look bad. I mean, you know, he's just your typical young D lineman, but very strong. Um, again, has great work ethic. Had a great first week. You know, gaining uh, momentum as we go, but. Um, I'll tie it into, you know, his counterpart there, Tyler Gillison. He looks just as well, too. I mean, he's a little bit taller, a little bit longer, um, not as thick, but just very fluid. The, the number one thing I noticed is hips, just so fluid. And you can, you know, just envision what that's going to look like as he continues to gain speed and strength and, um, you know, getting coached by Coach Scruggs. Um, it's going to be really nice to see. They they played running back in high school. How about Both of them. That? If you're an athlete. You know, if you're an athlete, you just play. Well, speaking of athletes, you've mentioned Trey Tucker already. We've we've mentioned that wide receiver room. Tell me a little bit about this shifty guy, JoJo Bermudez. First off, first team all all name, fantastic, JoJo Bermudez. Just just tell me a little bit about that that quick slot receiver. It seems like just a, another great one in the long line of good ones on the team. Yeah, the New Jersey Devil. I like to call him. Ooh, um, I like he- it. Crazy. He really does look a lot like Trey. Um, he's, you know, not a knock on him, but he's not as fast as Trey. And, you know, Trey wasn't as fast as he was now, but he was fast. But, like, again, all these kids are going to get better. They're going to get stronger, faster. But, uh, again, he's kind of got, like, a, a little bit of a different type of demeanor to him. And um, But I like him. You know, he works hard, um, very smooth. But, you know, you like I said, a lot of you just see that twitch in him. You see that, you know, strength and – um, but he's uh, he does remind me a lot of Trey Tucker. 
one of the big boys is going to be on that offensive line. Uh, Luke Dalton, another kid who was always real quick to get back to me, always appreciative of my time as I was with his. Um, so how's he been in the locker or in the weight room? He's been awesome. He is, uh, you know, Luke's one of those guys I think I've zoomed with the most over throughout, you know, the past two years with the recruiting and all those things. And, uh, you know, was very fortunate, built a great relationship with him and he has a great family. Um, he, he looks the part, he looks great. Um, again, young, um, big old line body that, you know, is going to mold the right way, can bend, can move. He's athletic. He's strong. He's not overly strong to where, you know, it hinders anything or makes us really not have too much to develop, but he is, uh, he's going to be really good. Kind of reminds me of like a taller Jake Renfro. Okay. He didn't turn out half bad. Uh, (laughs) Kalen Carroll, another guy from, Indianapolis, the great city of Indianapolis. It's it's a beautiful town over here. You should you should come visit sometimes, Brady. But tell me a little bit about your thoughts on him. Initial thoughts. Another one of those players that you know played for two good programs in Indiana, and and of course coming over and going to bring that into the weight room as well. Yeah, very similar to Stephen. You know his season uh, hurt his foot, so but you know again these kids are. Uh, slowly amping up their, you know, full return. They're not in boots or anything like that, but um, very, very humble kid, very, um, very coachable, you know, kind of one of those guys that locks eyes on you and listens and um, good, good length to him. You know, I think, I think he just, he appears longer um, than like, you know, a Ken does and definitely not as long as a JQ, but, you know, so you see that, you see where, you know, his shoulders and the legs, where all that weight's going to go. And, uh, you know, just excited to have him here and, you know, can't wait to see how he progresses. Uh, another DB that we didn't mention, uh, Sincere Lewis out of Kalamazoo. What's it been like working with him? I would say he's probably not going to be a uh, DB because he is a lot thicker than your average DB. Um, he looks good. I tell you what, I told him, uh, I said, dude, you know who you remind me of? Like, who's that coach? I said, Malik Harrison. And he goes, I don't, I don't think I know who that is. I said, well, you should probably look up who that is because he was pretty good. <laughs> Came into Ohio State, um, you know, was a big-time basketball guy, but he was just an athletic freak, and he was long and explosive and just such a good kid. And this is exactly what Sincere is. And, uh, you know, just, just throughout his first week here, just seeing him, you know, adapt and take coaching and grow. And, you know, it's – uh I think he's going to be a, a big time player down the road and, you know, excited, excited to see how he continues to develop. Let's uh, let's roll right into the transfers. Uh, first one name might sound familiar. The last name, very, uh, very integral part of the success of the Bearcats this past season. Another pace has entered the fold. Ivan pace tackle machine transfer from the Miami Red Hawks. Tell me, tell me a little bit about what we're going to expect or what you've seen so far out of uh, young Ivan Pace. Uh, I mean, first and foremost, great kid. Comes from an unbelievable family. Um, you know, and again, I think it's awesome that, you know, he, he chose to come here and play with his brother. And, uh, you know, we, we love that. And uh, obviously he's a hell of a football player. You know, got a lot of accolades the past couple years and, you know, got to watch him up close this year when we throttled Miami. But, uh, you know, I, uh, he's, he's obviously, he's, he's thick. He's a lot thicker. Um, but that's okay because he's not used to training the way we do. And, 
to the way we take care of you and, you know, feed you and recover and all that stuff. So, you know, again, I, I love his attitude. I love his, uh, um, you know, just his mindset where he's at right now. I mean, he's a guy, he texts me every day. He's been in every day, just wanting to do and learn and all that stuff. And, uh, I know this first week might kick him in the butt when, uh, you know, it's full, full tilt and everything's full go, but, uh, you know what? He's going to be, he's going to be a hell of a football player for us and really happy that he's here. The first transfer that was announced of this class was Ryan Coe, a kicker. Um, what, what do we got on him? He's a good looking kid. You know, he's a, he's a good six, one and a half, maybe six, two. And he, you know, he's a little thicker, um, but uh, you know, just, just a great kid. Um, you know, every time I talked to him before he got here it was just, coach man i i just want to work i want to work hard in the weight room like i love training i love seeing what it does to me all those things and uh you know obviously his uh his um kicking statistics and all that stuff speak highly of him but um we're excited to have him here we're excited to add him to the specialist room and i think he's done a good job mixing in with those guys getting to know them you know outside of uh, the building and now that we're back full on i think it's going to be a, a nice little transition and a great addition can, How long till Luke tries to get him a look at linebacker? <laughs> None. <laughs> we got plenty. How uh, how cool was it first? You know, we just talked about kicker. Uh, just just the the close of Cole Smith's career. How he was able to you know battle through whatever he was going through this whole season, and then come out in the Cotton Bowl and sink those two field goals with with ease. It was man. I mean, it's you know, hey, obviously the game didn't go the way we wanted it, but you know what, he did his job, and he you know he. Day, you know, hey, I did everything I could my last year, and I finished with a bang. Yes, we didn't win, but you know, I overcame a lot of adversity my my last go round and all that stuff. And uh, you know, it was it was cool. And uh, I was actually I was at a wedding last night, and I saw good old Jimmy Smith, and that's what we we talked about for a little bit. And uh, you know, again, proud of him. And you know, I'm sure I'll see Cole here in a couple weeks. I'll probably take my car to go get detailed. <laughs> well, and then and then also, did you talk to Jimmy about the rake, man? He's uh, he he had himself a little bit of a game too, a little bit of a season. The rake is not quite the rake anymore. <laughs> well, he's still skinny. He but, is. Uh, yes. You know, we're gonna take care of that. Um, you know that that we call him Footy. That's Footy. And uh, boy, I tell you what, he is special. He's a great kid. He works his butt off. Um, he can boom the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, you know, he does. He reminds me, he reminds us all of a young Jimmy. He is a team first guy, man. I mean, he knows what his role is, but he vibes with everybody. He hangs out with everybody, mixes and all that. And he's a, uh, he's a great kid. Next, next transfer is someone that we don't really know much about. He's, he's a guy that kind of, uh, he transferred from a Mac school that like, you know, I, one of the directional Michigan schools, I think it was, it was Eastern. I'm pretty sure. Never yes. heard of the guy. Supposedly no. he's got a good arm, um, you know. Not not too sure what to think of him. He's his first name and his last name. You get with the same letter, kind of weird, you know. So, I, you know, who knows? Ben Bryant. What what can you tell us about the uh, the mystery man, Ben Bryant? Oh, you mean Benji? Oh, Benji. Is that or, is that what he goes by? Or Benny B? Benny B. Maybe Ben Ten. Or just ben Rock. Ten B. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I tell you what. Um, Man, that that's exciting. I think it's uh, it's really cool because you know Ben and I we were sitting in my office a couple of days ago, and we we're like, dude, it was it was exactly a year ago. You know, you're in here and you're you know almost in tears, and I'm almost in tears because you know 
love everything you've done and all those things, who you are, love your family, all that. And, but you know what? He made the decision to go and play at Eastern. I think it was a great decision for him. He went, he balled out. Um, you know, he had to overcome a lot of things there. He had to beat out a returning starter. He had to go to a whole, you know, new culture, new team, and, you know, really step outside of his comfort zone and try to, you know, instill leadership and get guys to follow him from, you know, people that he didn't have, um, you know, the relationships built over time like he did here. And then, you know, the opportunity for him to come back, I think it's awesome. I mean, what more could you want to come in and compete with someone uh, like an Evan Prater and the Brady Lichtenbergs? Um, that's what our whole program's based on is competition. And, you know, you, you got to have it. You got to have somebody that, you know, selfishly wants to be the guy, but, you know, is also going to push whoever is else in that room to be that guy as well, because they want that and they want the team to succeed. And, you know, like, as, like I've always said, God forbid anything happened to that guy, because I got to be ready to step up, but, you know, really excited. It really is. Um, you know, you feel like, you know, you, you haven't missed a beat when you see him, but uh, I know he's, he's extremely excited. He's extremely humble to be back and eager to, to get it rocking and rolling. And, you know, it's going to, like I said, it's just going to provide more competition across the whole, um, program like we do at every position. And the last name of the transfers, uh, he was one that we actually announced live here on the BBP last week. Um, and that was Nick Martiner. Um, actually, that may have been even on the BCJ pod last week on Wednesday. Uh, but in any case, it, it was very, very new uh, that this that this happened. Um, so what do you what do you have on Nick Martiner? Uh, from everything I could tell, I mean, ooh, he looks good. You know, he might be a little on the skinny side, which, again, we won't hold that against him. We'll take care of that. Um, but, you know, again, I you know, I saw the little um, highlight reel of him and, you know, almost 50 catches for almost 1,000 yards and a boatload of touchdowns. Sounds pretty good. We'll take that. But, uh, you know, one of the coolest things, I think, more than anything is not, you know, his height, his weight, all that kind of stuff, none of his stats, is uh, I got the opportunity to just talk to him and just, you know, hearing how humble he was. Um, how much, you know, going somewhere where, you know, really training and doing it the right way and taking care of your body and getting the best out of it was really number one for him because, you know, I think he knew he could go anywhere and he was going to do what he had to do and, you know, play well and um, put himself in a position to go to the next level even more. But, you know, he knew that there was a lot of areas he wanted to improve in his body and his mind and his heart. And, you know, again, I take great pride that, you know, he chose to come here and be around our guys. And I know they're going to welcome him with open arms. And um, how he comes in is not how he's going to be seen here in a few weeks, that's for sure. Aaron, I think we have a, a few in the mailbag for Brady, if you want to get those those lined up. Um, and then, I, you know, Brady, I, this is a it, – it's clearly a new season, a, a new type of feel to this year. Is, is there anything in particular that you're – kind of latching on to with this group that maybe you didn't in the years past or, or, or kind of a, uh, a staple that you're trying to, to really brazen in them. Cause it seems like this is a group with a, an identity that's not yet been formed with all the, all the players that have moved on, but obviously it's some high level talent replacing them. Is there anything you're kind of, kind of pushing forward with them and, and, and trying to really just hammer home? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I can kind of, you know, go back and view, you know, our current status to some other places I've been at certain times. Um, 
you know, again, the outside world is going to see that, you know, Desmond Ritter, the third winningest quarterback in history of all college football is gone. Um, you know, a, a bunch of NFL draft picks gone and uh, a lot of production gone. But like, you know, that's fine. People outside of here can say that because we know what we have inside. And yeah, there's a lot of talent. I mean, we all know recruiting's gone very well. So it's not like we just have Joe Schmo from the streets that's going to step in and play corner. Um, we got a lot of guys that have, you know, battled every day in practice in the weight room, but just, you know, didn't play as much because, well, why? You had two studs and Kobe Bryant and Ahmad Gardner on the side. So, um, you know, it's it's one of those times where it's it's an opportunity. It's the time. And, you know, we're not saying people need to step up and be the guy. We're saying you got to be a guy. You got to be a dude. Like, you know, there's Kobe Bryant's not not going to be getting those reps anymore. Ahmad Gardner's not getting those reps anymore. Who's going to step up? Who's going to do it? And as long as you're eager and you're starving to do that, well, good things will happen because everything else will take care of itself. Um, but, you know, there's just so many things that, you know, you kind of always, like I said, we hold true to ourselves and is the standard and core of what we do. Um, but no doubt there's going to be a lot of unique challenges because, you know, there are certain guys at certain areas that, you know, haven't been through the quote unquote, like I like to call it the shit. And, uh, you know, I told him, I said, we're not going to, you know, go through the shit. We're going to grow through it. And uh, that'll be big once spring ball comes and, you know, then we reassess and then have a great summer and go into training camp. And then, you know, I mean, but again, it's not like, it's not like uh, the cupboard's bare. You know what I mean? Like, trust me, we feel extremely, extremely well about our guys in this locker room. And, uh, you know, we know it's ultimately our job to continue to drive them. But at the end of the day, they make those decisions and, you know, they're only going to go as far as they want to. All right, we got a couple questions that were directed directly at Brady, and they do come at you from the 513shirts.com mailbag. Um, and we'll get to the that read here when we actually open the mailbag all the way. But just a couple teasers from the mailbag here. Uh, first and foremost comes from uh, Bearcat Brian. Uh, Brady, which in- incoming freshman are you most excited to get in the weight room? Uh, all of them. I don't want to be that guy, but, I mean, all of them. You know, anytime you got new toys – you know, new bodies, um, you know, you, you kind of, kind of want to see what, uh, what they got. So like, like I discussed earlier with all those guys, very eager and excited to see all those guys development. All right. Um, Danco Joe asks coach Collins. We're now in weight room season. Who surprised you most in the weight room thus far? And who do you think will be the breakout player to watch this incoming season? Uh, well, yeah, we officially start tomorrow, so we haven't really, um, been getting after, but, you know, if I just take it as, as a whole from just, you know, when they've been here and just their growth and all that stuff, uh, who will be my breakout player to watch? I'm going to say, I don't know this season, but I'm definitely going to say it's just going to continue this off season spring. It's going to be, you know, oh my, who's this guy, this guy. And then yeah, probably season. Um, I'm going to throw out there. A, uh, a Byron Threats. Um, I'm going to throw out there a um, Rob Jackson. And I'm going to throw Jaheim Thomas, Isaiah uh, Cox, in a way, um, a Jack Dingle. I could keep going and going, but uh, <laughs> I mean, there's going to be a bunch. Shaman Mateer, Ethan Wright, Miles Montgomery. Um, 
You know, I mean, Drew Donnelly, uh, Sammy Anderson, Todd Bumpus, you know, guys that played a little bit. But, you know, I mean, I just think there's going to be a bunch of them. Good problem. Isn't, isn't, isn't that the fun of where we're at right now, though, is it's kind of a, like we watched so many of these names for the past four and five years become stars. And now maybe we get a chance to watch a whole bunch of new guys over the next three, four, five years become stars. Like it's a reset. It's fun. It's a reload. Reload. Yes. I'll get you with that one. Uh, Ryan, you see 2009 asks for Brady, who is the strongest guy on the roster pound for pound? Trey Tucker. I knew you were going to say that. That's what it was last year. He's an absolute. Who's second, Ben? Who's second? Who's second? Uh... And here's what I hate about this question. It doesn't always have to be a small guy. Everybody, when they hear pound for pound, they think it has to be a small guy. It doesn't have to be a small guy. Equivalent. It's equivalent to it. Um, Well, he is a small guy. I would say Byron Threats is freaky, freaky. Um, But pound for pound, some other guys. I mean, obviously, Juwan Briggs. I mean, holy cow. Um, (laughs) It doesn't matter how many pounds Juwan Briggs has. He's one of the strongest guys on the roster. One of the strongest guys on the roster. Um, I mean, Miles Montgomery, is uh, he's creeping up there. I'm telling you what, that kid is a freak show. Um, but, Mets? yeah, Trey Tucker all day, every day. Would Mets be up there at all? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess he would, just because, you know, you take the height and the weight ratio with that one, you know. He's a tractor. Six quarters, 335. I mean, that's uh, that's pound for pound. That's a, that's a lot of weight. It's a lot of pound per pound right there, man. <laughs> and the last question directed directly at you um, from the mailbag. Uh, what are Brady and his staff's responsibilities during the game on the sidelines? I know we, we touch on this, I feel like, about every fourth or fifth time that you get back are on with get us. Get back. No, that's a common misconception, okay? Uh, but it is. I mean, we do. We, you know, I always make sure one of my guys got all the coordinators and, you know, there's always one position coach that's going to be out there, but. You know, again, yes, we're making sure the players are back. Um, you know, we got guys that help with special teams, just making sure, you know, that the guys are in the area they need to be and, you know, on call. Um, you know, maybe someone's getting a drink or someone's at the defensive bench, just making sure they're good. But uh, other than that, I mean, I'm not going to lie. From my standpoint, I'm watching just our guys. I'm watching, you know, the sideline. I'm watching, you know, just everything and, you know, providing energy to the guys. But yet I've always said as crazy as I am and as much energy and juice that I bring to every day, especially in the weight room on the game, you know what? You're pretty it's like, mellow. I am. And I think I learned that, you know, probably the most from uh, Coach Mick uh, because obviously, you know, I, yeah, I, I, the, the way I was in the weight room and everything is how I was on the sideline, like jumping around and going crazy. And like, you know what? If the kids are going to feed off of that on game day, uh, it's probably not going to be a good sign. So, uh, you know, I just I, – I, I love up the boys, have fun with them, motivate them, you know, pride them up, love them up, you know, push them even more and um, really just take it all in. On game day, the work is done, right? Like, Right. Like, you know, I mean, um, you know, my favorite thing too on game day, like what's the biggest thing I do? Well, yeah, we hydrate the guys and we got the snacks at halftime and all that stuff, making sure everybody's good. Um but, you know, we come out for a full team 
pregame warm-up. We'll bring them up under the um, goalpost. You know, I, I kind of give a little spiel, which you don't know what it's going to be. It just kind of hits me right then and there. We do our clap. We break it down. And then, I mean, I mean, go play the game that you've prepped for all week and all year. You know, I mean, anything I say or, you know, jump around and do is not going to get you going. And if it does, well, it's probably not going to be a good thing. <laughs> I love that. That's what that's what the big time coaches say is that you know you spend all this time in practice preparing them. So then when the game comes, you're able to take a step back and just say, All right, there we go. All this preparation showing out on the field big time. Yeah. No doubt. Big time. Well, hey, I got one last question. I I do. Um whose car was that that I saw floating around in some pictures that was hanging out on at like the fifty yard line? Oh, this past weekend? <laughs> uh, friend of a was, friend. I think it was Bob's. But it's, it's, yeah, Bob Mangine's car. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's one of Bob's 30 cars that he has. It's in. A, he's like Jay Leno. He's got a fleet. <laughs> he does. He does have quite a fleet. Well, Brady, anything know. else? Can you can you sprinkle uh, any, any good places you've gone to eat recently? Anything, anything fun you've done recently, Brady? Or is it all, all work? All lockdown. This is your it's time. All, it's always, you know, locked in. No, it's, uh, I mean, it's been great. I've been having, you know, half days, um, you know, at work and then coming home, being with the kids. All that was great. Today we went sledding. That was awesome. Um, when we took our daughter to gym tonight, my wife wanted to go to this brewery, the one in Mason, starts with an S. Um, so we went there. Wasn't bad. Um, but uh, any new exciting places I've eaten? No, I can't really say anything, you know, too crazy, but, uh, you know. I know, they're, I know they're not the sponsor of this show, but have you taken the crew to Galactic Fried Chicken yet? No, but it's definitely going to be a spot because, you know, I keep hearing about it and you keep telling me about it and all that. And uh, obviously you need the first to, you we told need me to pick about it. So. You need to pick a day. I will meet you down there and we'll get you guys the Galactic Experience. Well, there we go. I'm trying Are to you- – are, are you a are you a fried chicken guy or are you a chicken tenders guy? I mean, I try not to eat as much fried food, but uh, I'm, I would, I'm not asking if you eat fried food all the time. It's not I, a referendum on you. I, I would eat chicken fingers. No, they're not chicken fingers. They're chicken hands. Okay, I'll eat chicken they're, hands. They're massive. And chicken feet. I'll eat it all. <laughs> It's like basically what they do for their chicken tenders, and Aaron can attest to this. They just take a chicken breast, cut it in half, and fry it like a boneless chicken breast. Cut it in half and fry it, and call it a chicken tender. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) The sauce is legit. Nice. You are. Are you a uh, chipotle honey mustard guy? I love chipotle and I love honey mustard, so I believe I would be. This this stuff right here is as like ah, uh, it's as good as it gets. There we go. Looks like we're gonna have to set it up then. You set it up. You let me know when you guys want to go down there. I'll talk to Shane that owns Galactic, and we'll make it happen. We'll get the the strength crew down there, and maybe that'll give me a chance to get a peek at what new names might be hanging out in that room. New but yet familiar faces. Familiar faces. Before I go there, though, I'm going to have to swing by Danco and check out my transmission, you know, because I get to- <laughs> $61 off. I don't even think you'll have to mention Bearcat Journal. He'll know who you are. Well, 
that that's the least of my worries. All I know is $61 off. That's too good of a deal. So they, they best be heading up there to Danco. You, you should try going in like incognito and being like, <laughs> Hey, Hey man, uh, Bearcats, Bearcats. Yeah. <laughs> you just but come I'm, in with, come in with pump it up, playing on your phone in your pocket. That's right. <laughs> See if he catches it. Oh yeah. Did anybody see that video of the 49ers taking the field yesterday? To pump it up? No, it wasn't to pump it up. Oh, no. Some guy had this huge-ass boombox. And, like, we have a bunch of portable speakers, but nothing that looked as legit as that. So this will be anybody out there listening, anybody that saw that, or anybody that knows of a Bluetooth, huge, it looks like a, you know, a boombox. Like, like, a, legit- like a 1980s boombox. Yes, except it was red and... You know, who knows what else, but uh, I would love to, uh, you know, purchase a couple of those. So hit, if anybody hit me in the it, DMs, there we go. Yep. And I'll get it to Brady. Thank you. It's always Appreciate Christmas. It's, all, hey, it's, it's Christmas time in Everything. Cincinnati. How about that? That's- we need to find a boombox. We need to find a boombox. Well, guys, anything else for Brady? No, we're good. Appreciate you, sir, as always. Brady. Awesome to be back, boys. Can't wait for the uh, the next update, man. The, we always mention this is going to be the most exciting offseason because we have just so many storylines to track. I think, yeah, no, I think it will be because, you know, like Chad just attested to, there's so many names that, yeah, guys might have heard of and, you know, when they were recruited and all that stuff. But uh, you know what? I mean, like I said, the Kobe's aren't there anymore. The Ahmad's aren't there. Dez is gone. You know, you got a lot of guys that, played so much over the past couple of years that are gone, but all that does is leave more room for guys to step up and uh, it's just going to create for a lot of interesting stories and uh, I'm excited. So I do, I'm going to look forward to it and make sure I give you a nice little rundown of uh, positions and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, we'll keep everybody um, just as excited as they were last year. And I hope everybody's bought tickets and all that stuff because let's face it, like I said, everything's, continuing to grow i mean they're talking stadium expansion that's awesome let's do it like but don't go too crazy because nippert's already easily the best stadium i've ever been in so well i I think the whole fan base can agree with josh wiley and they'll say i'm not leaving not leaving they're bought in fan base bought in it was awesome And, and and by the way you're doing a great job with your replies you you threw the Wolf of Wall Street dance reply. That was fantastic. Good, good job by you. Tip of the cap for the for the older guys. Yep, yep, yep. I see what you're so, doing there. Yeah, you know. But uh, alrighty, well, looking forward to it, guys. Everybody enjoy the rest of their night and uh, have a great week. And we'll see you soon. Awesome. Thanks we love you, sir. Brady. Thank you so see much. You see you, man. See you, Brock. Oh, gosh, it feels like all's right in the world again. My I mean, it's complete. Are we back on like the every two weeks schedule thing with him again? Uh, I haven't, I haven't broached that with him yet. I don't. (laughs) We look. Nobody in the country gets the strength and conditioning coach like once a year. We might have been a little greedy with once every other week, but I'll, I'll. The thing is, if I say Brady, are you good for every other week? He'll be like, yep. (laughs) I think he loves to. I ran into, I ran into his family, uh, and Brady at the team hotel. Uh, the night before the game and they were just kind of walking around and uh, hanging out for a little bit. And uh, they were like, Oh, 
the podcast. Yeah, that, that's that's right. That's the podcast. I think he loves doing it. So uh, we'll check. We're gonna we'll have him on plenty. I promise. I promise. Especially this off season, because you know, There's you can only last last off season. It was always like, how does it look? How how soft <laughs> right. look? How, how about Kobe? Is now, there anybody like, that's gonna make a splash? Nope. No. If there is, we got problems. <laughs> it is every single player that is as good as they can be. But, well, speaking of making some splashes, Chad, you went to Twitter today. You made a little bit of a splash. Fill us in. Coaching staff seems to be kind of rounding into form. What else can you tell us? Well, and, and since then, uh, some of the stuff I reported, one of the things I reported on the board uh, this afternoon was was put out by Pete Thamel and confirmed tonight that uh, not only is Gino Gadouli going to be the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for the Cincinnati Bearcats, but one of his mentors, uh, one of the guys that got him into the game as a coach at Central Michigan, Mike Cummings, is going to be the offensive line coach for Cincinnati. He has extensive history as an offensive line coach. He's taken guys from Central Michigan, multiple guys from Central Michigan, and put them in the first day, first two days of the NFL draft, including a couple potential guys this year that are going to be at the Senior Bowl. Uh, he's been an offensive coordinator for over a decade. Uh, he was the offensive coordinator. Remember those 2014 through 2016 before they fell off the map, those UConn offensive lines that had guys that were the size of mountains? Uh, that was Mike Cummings. He was their offensive line coach and uh, offensive coordinator. So um, we'll see what happens with Ron Crook. As Pete Thamel reported, there is a possibility that Crook sticks around. I'm sure he would like to find himself an offensive line room to run somewhere. Um, But Gino is going to be the offensive coordinator. Mike Cummings, I can confirm, is going to be the offensive line coach for the Cincinnati Bearcats in 2022. So pretty big day. I hinted at a couple other things. Uh, These are still in the working towards happening, but I think I'm comfortable enough to say that I I expect them uh, or I'm, I'm leaning towards expecting them to happen. One being Walter Stewart. Well, you put up the wrong one, Aaron. The other being, well, I was, Carrie I, Combs. <laughs> I was going to go with Walt first. That's the one I put up first. Well, I, I thought you were going to go with this one first. It's this is the, I don't know. I feel like this is this is the one that everyone's been waiting for for seven years. Well, well, before we move on to them, real quick, let's let's talk about Cummings a little bit longer, just for a second. It's not often that you get a number one overall pick from Central Michigan. Eric Fisher, yeah. offensive yeah. tackle, number one overall pick in the NFL draft. I, I mean, that's a spot that's normally reserved for big-time players from big-time programs. And you have a player like Eric Fisher who stayed at Central Michigan from 2009 to 2012, the same years that Cummings was there as OC as well. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's got to be pretty, pretty exciting to, to see what he can do. Um, you know, obviously there's – some some reservations as far as you know people that love crook and things of that and crook crook was a great guy but you know it's it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how things change from here on and this is this is without question true like ron crook was as good to me as anybody 
that I've ever worked with in college sports. Yep. Um, I love Ron Crook, like an awesome dude. But unfortunately, this is this is part of the business that we work in, and sometimes decisions have to be made. Um, I feel like with Gino, um, one thing I think that you know we need to to make sure we mention this is going to be Gino's first time as an offensive coordinator, right? And like I mentioned, Mike Cummings has spent a decade as an offensive coordinator. So having somebody with that experience that that Gino can lean on that helped him get his career started. In 2010, 11, and 12, he was a graduate assistant on offense for Central Michigan when Cummings was uh, the offensive coordinator. And then Cummings gave him his shot his first year as a running back coach mm-hmm. at Central Michigan. So there's a level of understanding there's a level of comfort there um it's unfortunate in this business that sometimes it has to happen this way and hopefully either coach crook can can find another offensive line room to run or if he sticks around they can find some way for him to be uh involved in the situation involved in the system because look i know like I've talked to a couple O-line, the, the parents of O-line recruits, and Ron Crook was a big reason that they chose Cincinnati. Um, so not a bad word to say about Crook, not a bad word to say about the job he did here. Sometimes after five years, it's, you know, the situation changes. That was, he was someone that that Mike Denbrock, you know, kind of brought in. And it's Geno season. Yeah. So, so you got to have Gino, you got to let Gino get his crew, his, you know, his, what he's comfortable with. Well, and, and another thing to think about is the fact that if Gino sits down in front of the entire offense and says, Hey guys, listen, you know, I understand certain people, people feel this way or that way, but Mike Cummings is, is a coach that I'm familiar with, a coach that I have a lot of trust in coach that gave me a shot. So, so if, if Gino vouches for them, for him, I feel like that'll go a long way with the team because it does seem like the team definitely listens to Gino and what he has to say. Yeah, sure. And, you know, you bring in a track record like I've developed a number one overall draft pick. Right. The room listens. And and he's got, like I said, he's got two guys in the senior bowl. One of them expected to go in the first round from mm-hmm. Central Michigan again this year. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of times your resume speaks for itself. Past past track 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 record of Central Michigan to uh, Cincinnati isn't half bad either. <laughs> also worked out pretty well, yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's let's go ahead and talk about the next one. You you mentioned Walt Stewart, uh, who would probably be playing in the NFL if it weren't for some injury issues, but things happened, and now here we are, a couple couple years away. He was about to head up with Butch Jones and. Uh, now it's looking like he's going to be returning home to Cincinnati. And, and a great post by Tim Adams uh, yesterday, last night, I believe that was. Yeah. Just kind of just, you know, recapping everything that he's been able to to gather through the recruitment of Walt, the, the playing time of Walt, and, and everything since then. So, uh, I mean, just a guy that I think is going to be just a phenomenal recruiter on top of a good position coach as well. This fan base was heartbroken when Walt had to end his football career. Yeah. Like, that's how good of a dude Walt Stewart is. And you just, you might want to add the guru Stu to your follow list. He's Walt is another amazing human. Like I'm really excited if this gets finalized and, you know, becomes official, 
when this gets finalized and becomes official, maybe I okay. should say, uh, to get to work with Walt. Like uh, we've we've ran into each other at multiple camps uh, over the past couple years, and I love getting a chance to to catch up and chat and talk some football and talk some Bearcats with him. And uh, I'm excited for this one. I'm excited to have Walt back in town. Um, I think it's I think it's going to be a really good thing for the program. That that dude cares about UC, right? Because if you know his story, he's he's been through a lot, and UC was one of the things that helped kind of you know stabilize his life and and push things forward and give him a chance to reach the heights that he's he's climbing to right now. Uh, in terms of, of Mike Cummings, just point to the draft. Yeah, very easy. And also, if, in some ways, Walt Stewart. If you look at the, the guys that Walt Stewart has developed, um, and they're adding them potentially to coach snipers, but he's going to have the ability to help Greg Scruggs out a little bit with some of the rush guys. And, you know, he's got some versatility to him. And, boy, you send Scruggs and Stewart out to recruit your – the, the guys that are rushing the quarterback and playing like that, you, you're going, you're going, you're going to make a lot of noise in a lot of homes uh, with those two guys on the recruiting trail for you defensively. And then there's the other guy that knows Westside how to recruit Jesus. a little. Westside Jesus. I, you know, this is obviously, it's been a running joke among, you know, everyone on the board and the Cincinnati Bearcat fan base, but holy moly. Westside Jesus has a phenomenal track record. He has a a a, a repertoire, a a following, a just kind of just a it's a level of a coach that is big time. It, it, his clout is very much substantiated. And sure, there were a couple of frustrations here and there with some defenses and defensive backs that during his time at, at Ohio State. But beyond that, I can't think of a better replacement for Brian Mason than Westside Jesus. I mean, the guy can really coach special teams. Um, you know, there's been some conversation about his work at corner, but there's a lot of guys in the NFL that that have coached by Kerry Combs at corner on their resume, right? Right. So it fits. And that was kind of, the, I think that was always like the, the part that people had some angst with about Carrie was they wanted him in roles that didn't, they wanted to fit a square peg into a round hole. If, if you'd have told me at any point in time over the past 10 years, Carrie Combs is coming back to coach corners and special teams deal. Home run. Let's go. Home run. Let's go. Yeah. So it, it's a perfect, the timing is perfect. The fit is perfect. It's with somebody that he worked with extensively at Ohio State with Luke Fickle. Yep. Th those two guys know each other well. Mm -hmm. He knows Trestle well from their connection to Jim. So if there was a time to bring Kerry Combs back, this is it. And to coach the two things just so happens, the two openings are the two things that are right in his wheelhouse. He gets to recruit Cincinnati, Ohio, and the state of Cincinnati with a Big 12 label. Let's go. And recruit the same players that he was probably recruiting at Ohio State. You know, right. Just, I'm going to go put some shorts and a T-shirt on and go do snow angels. 
<laughs> no, I, I like this is a a hire that just gets it. It is a it's one that just if if the West Side Jesus thing was not as much talked about as it is amongst this fan base, and you were handed his resume and his accomplishments and his accolades, you would step away and be like, "Whoa, what the Bearcats are getting Great this hire. guy?" Right. I, you know, I it's. I, I'm blown away, excited about this hire, especially because, like you said, it's 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 a perfect timing in his career. Where, I mean, that guy is as energized as anyone, and age is is just a number for him. But he is just at the at the point where I'm sure he looked at Luke and and said, "Hey, let's let's do this. Let's take this uh, one step." Potentially, right. potentially, yeah. potentially, potentially. Right. Right. And I, I didn't want to bring this question up with Brady on the show because I didn't want to put him in an awkward position. But Jason did ask earlier, who has more energy? Westside Jesus or Brady? Westside Jesus. And I think you're right. Like without yeah. without question. Yeah. He's doing DB uh, drills in the NFL with the Titans a few years ago. Yeah. Right. Well, it, it, Brady has a like a, a, a downshift, right? A downshift. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think Kerry has a downshift. I think Kerry the things just stuck on throttle. <laughs> <laughs> like you know when you're in like fourth gear, fifth gear, and you're like, you you need to shift, and you just don't, that's Carrie. <laughs> well, I mean, unless you're downshifting to, to get more He's rev. not slowing down. No, I mean, you downshifted to hit more RPMs. No, you're missing my point. He's already <laughs> at the max RPM. Yes, on the floor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, it, think about it. This is like, Brian Mason did a phenomenal job Yeah, building, right? And now he he moves on. And now that it's somewhat built, I, I don't know. I'm just I love the hire. I, I think it's just a perfect situation, perfect fit. Obviously, Perry Eliano is is a it's a tough tough one to see go because he's they're both he's tough losses, star. man. They I, are. I, they I, are. Perry Eliano and Brian Mason were outstanding football coaches. Right. Losing them hurts the program, but. That's how coaching works. That's how this business works. And if you lose Brian Mason and Perry Eliano and the potential replacements are Kerry Combs and Walt Stewart, I, I, I mean, come on. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Nothing else I can really say about that. Um, Tight end is the only, uh, potentially the only position left. Um, you kind of pointed to that. This seems like one that might take a little bit longer. Look, probably looking at some options within the program, looking at my, different things my outside. Guess as they go internal, right? There's a name internally that makes a lot of sense. Nico on it. <laughs> who, think, who, uh, think, think corner of the end zone, oh. Hinesfield. Oh, geez. Whoa. I mean, he's here, right? He's a, a big bodied receiver. He's an analyst, right? He's somewhat, he's somewhat similar to like a Josh Wiley. You know? I mean, if you want to teach your tight ends how to run routes and catch, I'm just, I don't know that that, that one's for sure. I think there are some other options uh, on the staff or, or internally that could fit that role. But I'm throwing out, I mean, you know, 
Who gets a head coaching job first, Perry or Mason? That's a tough one. Because those are two – those two personalities are as – Right. (laughs) (laughs) Is the next step for both both defensive coordinator then? Yeah. Well, Perry's been a defensive coordinator. Right, right. Uh, Mace is younger. Mace is younger. Um, I'd go Mace, I think. Like, I, I, I just get the sense with Mace that he's a guy that's eventually going to end up being a head coach somewhere. Um, The dude is just so, and you know this, Brent, you've known him your whole life, so smart. Yeah, they had Ben's. I wouldn't look into the Ben's recruiting this last week. They had what four or five open spots on the staff. Uh, so you have to send guys out on the road. Um, if you don't, then you're only sending half of your available slots out to recruit. I wouldn't look too far into that, Jason. Um, as I just think it, you know, I, I think it is something that is necessary in the transition, like when you're dealing with this transition of these coaches are gone, you have to promote the the new, and Ben's has been on staff before at places like he's recruited. So he made, he's a logical choice to send out. I mean, I think they sent Max Stineker out of the recruiting department out on the road. Um, Armand makes a lot of sense. If you've got three, four, five slots to fill that you send him out on the road. Uh, if I, if I'm interviewing who gets the job, Perry Mason, of course, I've got <laughs> Perry Mason, Brian, you're so old, <laughs> okay. Brian, 90% of the people watching this have no clue who Perry Mason is. I do. Cause I'm also old as shit, but the Perry Mason joke, Aaron, do you know who Perry Mason is? I mean, I was just letting you be old. You don't know who Perry Mason is and you're almost 40. Whoa, whoa, 37 is not – I still got some years, man. You're closer short. to 40 than you are 30. That's. I can't argue that. However, we're not there yet. Let's pump the brakes. But they're going to send someone they trust and see as an excellent – yeah, of course. But, I mean, it's also, like I said, Armand has recruited before. He's been on the road. Like, that. that is not – in terms of the analyst that Cincinnati has had, that's usually an up and coming position at Cincinnati. Uh, it's not Alabama where you have like four former NFL head coaches working as your offensive and defensive analysts. So right. um, basketball and mailbag though. Yeah. I guess we got to get cooking on this. Right? So, uh, that was coaching staff. Fantastic. But yes, Aaron, let's move on quick. Basketball. Wow. Playing producer here. <laughs> that was a little bit of a uh, a rock fight of a win. One you that knew it was uh, going to be a rock fight. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It, especially when I saw the way that the Wiggles were going early in the game, I knew it was going to be one of those that. Uh, oh, they let those teams just beat the hell out of each they other. They were going at each other, but uh, you know it, it's a sixty-one fifty-seven win, and of course, these are always the games that the coaches come in to the press conference afterwards, and they're like, "I love this win." This is yeah. the type of win I I love, and and it's I, I mean it is you, you know you fought off fought out a tough win against a very desperate Wichita State team. I mean this is a team that brought back pretty much their their solid core of an NCAA tournament team last season, 
and they have just stumbled completely out of the gate in the AAC, and they needed a win. And at home, they had Cincinnati on the ropes numerous times. You know, I, the entire game felt like the Bearcats were down by 20. I don't know if you it felt like that to you guys, but I was just sitting there constantly looking at the scoreboard being like, how are we only down six? I like, said last how- night. I, I have no I watched the game and still have no idea how we won. I it was insane. I, and in the uh, couple a three here, a three there, which is something it, it's starting to become the identity a little bit of this team is you know hot and cold from deep. But man, when they're hot and they can string string together some makes, I mean they could keep up with pretty much any team in the country, especially with the way that college basketball has been going this season. But man, defense, gritty win. David DeJulius towards the end of that game, all throughout the final stretches, had me hyped on my couch, just the way that he was getting getting so locked into the game, both offensively and defensively. And then, of course, the Slim Preacher and him we trust. Uh, guys, just takeaways from this. Obviously, Chad, you had your bites, but, you know, I mean, this is just – this was a win. Sure, the record of, of Wichita State won't, won't resemble how good they are, but they had Arizona beat. They, they took them to – you know, they beat time. Missouri. They beat Oklahoma State. Yeah, I, I mean, this is a it, it's a good Wichita State team. It's no a doubt. team that's kind of lost its way in close games. Like they, they've they've kind of right for whatever reason they've lost a bunch of games at the Roundhouse, which is so. Like I wonder if that place has just kind of lost the juice that it had under Greg Marshall. Right. I, I'm not sure how to put my finger on it, but man, I'm telling you, I watched the first. 15 minutes of that game. And that was as good a scouting report defense as I've seen on Cincinnati all year. I know I've talked about this probably too much and people are annoyed with it, but when you're a nerd like me, like you're noticing, Ooh, they took away that guy's right hand. Ooh, they took away that, like that pin down screen that Cincinnati's used for success. Ooh, they're watching that flare. Like, you know, when DeJulius, that flare screen that that DeJulius loves, and he, and he uses a step back on so often. Like, and Wes answered, I asked him about it, and he answered the perfect answer. It was not only scouting report defense on the plays Cincinnati runs, but the tendencies from each player. Mm-hmm. So they were locked in. <laughs> they were They were dialed in on the Cincinnati scouting report. That was a team that knew we can't lose again. We have to win, have to win. But, and this is like this, for me, it like I had flashbacks to the Cotton Bowl. And I'll tell you why. Wichita State played very confident until you got to the final six minutes, Cincinnati took the lead, and all of a sudden there was game pressure. Right? Remember we talked about that at the cut. Cincinnati never put game pressure on a young Alabama team. Georgia did, and what happened? Right. That was the frustration with the Cotton Bowl, and that's the only reason I point that out is that's what we saw against Wichita is exactly what I was talking about. If they were able to keep that at six or eight or ten in the final eight minutes, and there was no game pressure then they don't crumble because they're they're playing with confidence. They're playing with desperation, I keep mentioning. Mm-hmm. But Cincinnati put continued game pressure. Every time Wichita pushed that lead out to 10 in the first half, 
or pushed it to eight in the second half. Cincinnati hit a three. And now it was seven. And then it was five. Or it was eight. And then it was five. And then it was four. Like, there was constant. Wichita State never got a chance to, like, feel comfortable, even when they started to build leads. And that was the thing, Aaron. You wonder, like, how how we all wondered the same thing. Everybody watched that game and went, how? But if you go back, it was because every time Wichita State started to get breathing room, Cincinnati made a shot or two. And 10 went to five or eight went to four or three. Like, well, bang. I, I mean, we talked about it last night, too, on, on the nightcap, where you had guys stepping up that maybe are some outliers. It wasn't just DeJulius and Davenport. You had, I mean, 13 from Hayden Koval, and that yeah. was – a season high for him. Just a guy that kind of came out of nowhere. You had three blocks from Odia Guama. And that again, just kind of that one didn't necessarily come out of nowhere. I mean, he's been steadily improving as the seasons progressed, but we saw him kind of come out a little bit more than he has. And especially with the loss of uh Locken. you know, we needed a, a big to step up and he stepped up in a big way as did Koval. And then you had the 10 from Newman where he's just hitting threes that, maybe not so much out of character over the course of the last five or so games, but compared to the beginning of the season, that's not the game that he was playing. And now he's hitting some of those shots that he was just missing really bad earlier in the season. So it's good to see some of these guys step out of their shell and kind of become difference makers in a game like this, where you've taken Jeremiah Davenport as far as his shot goes completely out of the equation. Yeah. One for eight. Uh, Mikey had an off game. I, you know, it just, so many different things. If you would have laid out kind of just, just the stat sheet of just the Bearcats yep. and handed it to somebody, I, I think you look at that and you're like, whoa, since I ended up winning this game, there's no way. There's no way. You know, one That's of fine. eight, one of eight out of Jeremiah Davenport. Yeah. I, you know, Mikey uh, struggling. He was able to get, get past the defenders a couple times but wasn't able to finish. You know, I, like you mentioned, certain players stepped up at certain times. David Julius was, was a, a monster defensively. I, you know, just him getting so hyped up down the stretch seemed like it fueled the team a little bit. And then, you know, Hayden knocking down a couple huge shots. It was an awesome win. And now this team is staring down the barrel of stringing together some wins heading into February with home matchups against both Memphis and then Houston back to back. It could be 16 and five when Memphis comes to town and that's odds are actually in their favor to be 16 and five. When Memphis comes to town, they're 59 in the net. They are slowly, steadily rising each game in, in Ken Palm. You know, it's, it's, it's a team that's figuring it out and they're winning games when a lot of teams out there in, in the country and especially in the conference as well, are struggling to just simply win basketball games. So man, this is, it's a it's it's a high promising time to be a Bearcat fan, especially with a basketball team. And I tell you what, if this team is sixteen and five going into that game against Memphis, fifth third is going to be absolutely on fire that Thursday night. It's going to be insane. I mean, it's so bullshit how bad Memphis has been since that game. <laughs> Yeah, it is. We wore them out. They have sucked. They have been awful. Yeah. And that's, like I said, their two best games of the year were Alabama and Cincinnati at home. And yeah. and 
they've lost to what UC, ECU, UCF, and ECU, yeah, UCF and ECU, and not really close, like not really competitive. They've kind of gotten their ass kicked in well, both of those games. ECU was the last second shot, but they they lost by ten to UCF. But ECU kind of had control for most of that game, though, didn't they? Uh, I it, it was just one of those ugly games throughout where you kind of just. I didn't watch it. I was tracking. It was it was during the Bengals game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, that was on. It was on Saturday. Okay. I mean, they were they're up at yeah. Half the Bengals by... game was on Saturday. Oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yep. Yeah, it was at four o'clock. Yeah. So it yeah. was. No, I mean at halftime, Memphis was up. What was that? Twenty four. No, no, sorry, fourteen. Okay, up fourteen at half. So. I guess I might have thought it, I saw it backwards or something when I yeah. Saw but it I mean, gosh, Memphis, man, they are the world's biggest head scratcher. I have no idea. They can't can't really judge them at all. Do they have to fire him? Down. I think you kind of have to. I you know I think he's I think he'd be a good NBA coach. Honestly, just I think it's like those- I think. I think he'd be a, a great coach for the Grizzlies, although right now the Grizzlies are so good. Can You can't risk that. Right. I mean, I just think he's a CEO. I, he just like and, – and, I mean, they even have, like, coaches on the staff that are X and O's guys. I, it just, it's Larry it's, Brown, the best Larry X Brown and O's guy in the fucking history of basketball. <laughs> I mean, Imani Bates is not Imani Bates that I – Yeah, but he's been, before. he's been trending down for, like, a year and a half now. I know there was nobody I loved more as a sophomore than Imani Bates, but that kid's dad fucked him up. Yeah, I mean Memphis is just weird, man. Really, really weird. I, you know, not I, just it, in basketball. <laughs> so, so Memphis lost on that last second shot to East Carolina. There was like one point four seconds left on the on the clock. Tell me why you have Tyler Harris in the game defensively. Why you? Oh, definitely. Yeah, that I don't know. That that was who the shot was over. I, it just doesn't make any sense. You know, that's he's a, got about as much length as Wes. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a simple. All right, we're gonna take you out and put literally anyone in. I mean, it's just and that's whatever. no shot at Wes. Tyler Harris just isn't isn't a big dude. No, no, he'll he'll wet a forty footer though. That'll back break the, the bear. Of it. Guess. Yeah, whatever. You shoot the shit out of it. Whatever, but uh. Anything else basketball-wise? I, I mean, 16-5 and five going into that Memphis game. Wes talks about the crowd at Fifth Third Arena. That that Thursday against Memphis and then that following Sunday, if they were able to, to beat Memphis or, or either way probably against Houston, man, he, he won't know how to handle himself in those post-game press conferences after those crowds. Be fun to see. I, I'm looking forward to being a fan. <laughs> those games in particular so <laughs> big time big time um so we got the mailbag uh a lot happened in, in basketball recruiting as well this is normally where we kind of touch on that real fast we've, we've already talked about football recruiting so chad uh the weekend it seemed like you know obviously a lot has happened Isaiah collier is the name the, the hot name everyone's talking about good article by by uh, mick walker on on the site as well uh, pulse on basketball recruiting. It seemed like, you know, a couple of good performances as well up in Dayton today. So um, what kind of are, are you able to, to spill on the recruiting front of things? Uh, there's only one of me, man. I can, o- I can only do so much. So, <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> basketball recruiting, I, I've, been, I've been following along as much as possible right now. Right. Um, I, I haven't, uh, Wes, according to Mick, who was, who was at flying to the hoop, 
How good of an addition has Mick Walker been to bring back to the staff? He's a great guy. In the past three weeks, the kid's been in Youngstown, (laughs) Cleveland, Dayton, Columbus, and Cincinnati. Uh, He, I'm pretty sure he's spending all the money I'm paying him in travel. Yeah. He's like, He's like Bearcat Journal's Ben Bryant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Aaron. Uh, Josh Reed had a big game. He today. did. Josh Reed's really good. Like he is. Uh, his uh, his ability to score is going to translate at this level. And somebody else confirmed what I was talking about uh, when I scouted Josh Reed. He has. A very Jaron Cumberland like quality to him on defense because he's not he's not a huge big time springy bouncy athlete. The difference he has over Jaron Cumberland is he's two inches taller and he has a seven foot one wingspan and he's just one of those guys that has such a high basketball IQ. He understands how to positionally play defense, right? He understands how to defend and do things the right way uh, in terms of positioning, using his body, reading what's coming, uh, understanding how offense works. I, I love Josh Reed. Like I, I, I think Daniel Skillings is much more um, what this team is missing in terms of like a, a big time scoring threat from the wing. Mm-hmm. But I think this fan base is going to love Josh Reed because not only can he score, but he's just got that. Everybody always talks about like why, why, why aren't there, why aren't there enough guys with a high basketball IQ? Josh Reed has a really high basketball IQ. Well, Aaron, we might as well tell us about the five one three shirts dot com mailbag. Well, as always, you can check out five one three shirts at 513shirts.com. Free shipping on all orders, over $45. Enter code BCJ for 10% off and 15% off, if I'm not mistaken, on the Malik Van collection. There's also some specials on the Bengals stuff right now on their Bengals collection. Uh, they have the the city of Cincinnati flags and car flags in stock. Uh, go check out our friends at 513shirts definitely because they have a lot of uh, good stuff going on locally right now as well and if you don't remember what the car flags look like they do look like this uh that's the uh that's the car flag this is what it looks like as an actual big flag but it does also look like that as the car flag and i think they only had a hundred of those in stock i don't know what they're down to at this point um, but did only have 100 of those that you could order uh in total so you know what i'm excited for aaron aaron and i are working on a little something behind the scenes that, that I think people are going to love here over the next couple of weeks. I can't wait to get like Mike and Joe, uh, Mike from 513 Shirts and Joe from Danco and Shane from Galactic and, and maybe Jimmy from the Holy Grail uh, and, and get to like talk to them about their experiences as UC fans and why they've gotten into like, you know, the businesses that they have and, and, and their passion for UC and why they, here's the crazy thing. Outside of Holy Grail, all three of those have searched out us to be sponsors 
on our network. This wasn't, I don't, we don't have a salesperson, right? Like if you want to spend money at Bearcat Journal, you kind of have to call us first. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm excited about that project, Aaron. And I am we'll as well. Morty, we'll get more to you guys in the coming uh, Couple weeks. days and weeks about, about this project that, that Aaron and I are going to pull off here and uh, have a lot of fun with. I feel like it's going to be something along the same lines as like uh Pardon the punctuations 100th episode on a bigger scale. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. So I, I look forward to that challenge. Um, and I know we were talking about uh, basketball recruiting. Um, I'm going to try and get an article out uh, before the end of the month on just kind of an update on everything. Um, as people had requested something along the lines of what I was doing with the football recruiting. So look for that as well in the next week or so. Good deal. So. Um, opening the 513shirts.com mailbag though. Um, and this is going to be fun as there's new questions that have been added. So I don't know that I'm going to have a chance to copy and paste them here. Um, but we will get to them. Um, first and foremost, can Chad explain how super seniors count towards the 85 scholarships? That was answered in the thread, uh, last year or 2021, you were given an exemption for super seniors. That is not the case in 2022. So if you have, you have 85 scholarships to work with, if you have super seniors, they count towards the 85. As I was telling everybody that was like envisioning 32, 30, whatever new additions to the roster, like pump your brakes, things are getting kind of full. Some of that was not only recruiting related, but super senior related um, as to these guys coming back. So uh, 85 scholarships. That's where we're at. You get 85 guys on the roster, no exemptions right now. All right. Next question of the newcomers on the staff, who is the BBP most excited about and why? Uh, I'll take a guy that's developed a number one draft pick and, um, uh, other potential this year, first round, uh, lineman. I, I, I from afar, what Mike Cummings has done working through the middle levels of college football, developing high level offensive tackles. The way that you stop Alabama and Georgia is to have high quality NFL tackles uh, on the outside to slow down their pass rush. I think if Mike Cummings can bring that, I'm very excited to see that uh, added into the Cincinnati Bearcats repertoire, because I think it's, it's the one thing when you watch the Ohio, if you go back and watch Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama play Cincinnati over the past three years, offensive tackle is the one area that needs to, outside of James Hudson, is the one area that needs to take the next step. Let's find out if Mike Cummings is the guy to make that happen. Brent, who you got? Uh, for me, it, it's probably an answer that a lot of people have, and it's it's Gino. I want to see, uh, you know, Mike Denbrock was perfect for kind of those those teams that that had to kind of do not conservative, grind it but, out, yeah, grind it out wins, and and just really in the end win. Uh, but now, I mean, it's the weapons are just plethora, a plethora of weapons, uh, many different ways. We don't do we really know exactly how Gino's gonna. Game plan, no, but do we know how Geno played in college? Yes. 
Do we know uh, Gino's kind of mentality in the quarterback room? Yes. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see his ripple on the offense and, and how he is able to use all those different weapons because um, I think it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. And uh, I, we'll, we'll get a good taste of it in spring ball. And uh, I'm just excited to see the, the next ripple, uh, phase two, if you will, of uh, Luke Fickle offense under Gino Gadulli. For me, it's Kerry Combs, um, a guy that my dad followed very heavily when he was here as my dad was a Colerian graduate, um, a guy who has NFL experience, a guy who has an energy level that I believe is unmatched. And Perry Eliano had a very high energy level. He was one of the guys who was always having to be yanked back onto the sidelines as he was running out on the field after something That's went wrong. joked about the get-back coach. Right, um, as, as something went wrong on the field. So I think it's going to be great to have one of those crazy high-energy level guys back uh, with Perry Eliano leaving um, and, and sliding in at that position where, again, having the NFL experience and kind of just all the ties that he has to the city, I, I think it's going to be nothing but a good thing, and I'm excited to see what that looks like back here. Next question. I know it's early, but what do you think we'll see different in a Gina-led offense versus a Denbrock one? I think we'll see a shakeup of starters on the offensive line with a fresh set of eyes. Any rumblings about defections to the portal from the offensive line coaching change? It's, come on. It, it was today, guys. <laughs> it was today. It literally happened today. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know yet. Uh, ask me halfway through spring ball. Like I, I think there's a lot of loyalty to Crook in that offensive line room, but I think when you put the resume of Mike Cummings in front of a lot of those guys, I think you're going to get a lot of guys that are like, "All right, I'm willing to hear what he's got to say." Like, I, I let us the. I understand it. This is an impatient business, but it happened today. Can can we get like a couple weeks? Can we can we, <laughs> well, can we get can we get a couple days? Can we get more than like eight hours before before I have to answer like what the the long term impact is? I'm working on it. I'm working on it. You'll love this next question then, which is best former UC players turned coaches. Is Gino number one? Uh, I don't. I, Urban Meyer. Urban but Meyer think, played football. I think they're Maddie, saying, right? but like the best football players that became a coach. Urban Meyer. Meyer. All at UC. No, I know. I'm saying like he was a great player that became a coach. That is not the question. Best former best UC former UC players turned coach. Urban Meyer. Okay, I, I'm reading it as the best. Former player, like who played, who was a great player. Urban Meyer was not a great That's, player. He was a player. I he understand. Played but I think, football at UC. Okay, okay. How is Gino number one then? Is is what I, I it, think. I think what Brent's saying is it, the the he think he's interpreting the question as who is the player that was best as a player that then went on to become a coach. Right. Because why would Gino be number one? I guess because he's he's elevated to offensive coordinator now. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, Gino's just a really really good player who now is 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 in the is coach a coach. Country. Yeah. I I was gonna say Mike Mickens is another name. Um, sure. 
First team All American. Yeah. Bins. Walt Stewart, if he would, didn't get hurt. I, you know, it's just that was the way I was interpreting it because obviously the answer is Urban Meyer. If, <laughs> if you're just saying ex players right. who now who are now coaches. So depending on how you read it, there are your two answers. I was just answering the question as I read it, which right. the best former UC player turned coach, Urban Meyer. Because Gino would probably and, be the best former player turned. Eh, no, Gino or Mickens. I think Urban Meyer gives at least he checks your oil for free. You don't Moving even have on. to use the sixty-one dollars discount. Thoughts on Hitler's new role you as coach? Get paid for it, like a free meal or something. <laughs> Thoughts on Hitler's new role as co-defensive coordinator and the new coaches in general? I mean, We've hit on most of that. I, right. I love. It. Look, I know Luke Fickle is really, really high on the potential of Colin Hitchler. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the success Cincinnati has had at safety. Over the two years that Colin Hitchler has been here, uh, I don't know how you could not be really high on Colin Hitchler. I put this on the board. Um, Colin Hitchler has a, a history in the NFL, a background in the NFL, but he's not old enough to where it's like a, you know, he's got some like long legacy in the NFL. After practice, almost every time, the NFL guys would go seek out Colin Hitchler. Like there's a respect level for that guy. That's, that's very high in coaching circles and to see him pushing his way up the ranks, like making him co DC, you kind of get to feel like that's the next guy in line. If there's ever a need for a defensive coordinator at Cincinnati, that they don't have to go out of house, that they feel like they have the next guy in Colin Hitchler already in house, mm-hmm. um, they they really respect and and appreciate his acumen as a coach, and maybe you say, look, okay. He coached Derek Forrest and and James Wiggins. Like he didn't have to do a whole lot there. Well, Brian Cook is a fucking feather in Colin Hitchler's cap because that dude went from one scholarship offer transferring to Cincinnati and me getting yelled at. Mm-hmm. Who the hell is this kid from Mount Healthy? Why are they wasting a scholarship on Brian Cook? Now we know so why. Brian Cook's gonna like hear his name <laughs> in April. Well, so uh they're very high on Colin Hitchler. I'm very high on everything I know about Colin Hitchler. Uh seeing him promoted to co-defensive coordinator, I think is a clear indication of how much Luke Fickle respects Colin Hitchler as well. Yeah, and, and the staff's names are always mentioned in these recruiting articles. You know, you saw Perry's name a lot. You also saw Hitchler's name a lot. So, yeah, you know, it's a it's a guy that's a that's a budding guy. And I do want to say Marquise Copeland had an interception in the game tonight. You beat I me that. to it. You beat me to it. I was going to interrupt this this mailbag to to <laughs> let people know Marquise Copeland did have a an interception as the Rams are up twenty one nothing in the rare Monday night playoff game. Uh he's got his work cut out for him next season. No clear successor at open safety position. Uh, go back and listen to what Brady Collins had to say tonight. He was awful effusive in his praise of Byron threats. So 
Sometimes all you have to do is listen closely and you get a good hint. He was also, Isaiah Cox was the name that was mentioned. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you listen, Sincere Lewis was a name that was mentioned uh, amongst the young guys. So if you listen closely, you can get a pretty good idea. And I have no question Hitchler's going to be able to, to make a name there. All right. Uh, now that we know who's declaring, who's returning, et cetera, what is the over-under on Bearcats that are actually Ooh. drafted in the 2022 NFL draft? This is difficult because I... If I set it at seven and a half, are you taking the over or the under? Under. under. So if I set it at six and a half, are you taking the over or the under? Man, it's Still hard. under. There's, There's probably two like surefire guys maybe three I, I i if i was setting the over under it would be at like four four and a half maybe four and a half yeah yeah i'd say four and a half um and, and i, I take might the over. still take the I, I might as 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 of now right i might take the under like does deshaun pace have a big enough season where he declares early right um, like, like, does does do any of those guys have just a like? Does what? Well, no, no, no. Thomas yeah. have 110 tackles and three sacks, and all of a sudden he's blowing up. The what? 2022 draft here. Oh, it, okay. So like, they're talking about. Oh, oh, not, 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 yes. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, what. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I was yeah. saying. Who? Oh, okay. I, I was thinking ahead. No, no. That's my nine, nine and a half. Oh no. Well, Tw- 2022 draft is in a couple months. I, I they're gonna have nine guys drafted. All okay. right, so that's where I went seven and a half. You guys look at me like I got rocks in my head. Well, I I thought they were talking about. Next I'm year thinking too. ahead. Right. 2022 draft. I think there's nine guys drafted. Seven and a half. I'll take the over. Okay. Yeah. I, I at, at worst case, I think there's eight. Right. Like because because Wiley's out of the picture now. Yeah. So, Lenny's so, out of the picture. Yeah. But Lenny didn't have a great because this was such a big he, tight end draft. Right. Um, Dez. Kobe, mm-hmm. Sauce, Majay, Peters, right, Cook. Who am I missing? Um, Peters, Ford, Pierce, Ford. That's eight. There's gonna be eight, and that's if no defensive linemen go. Brooks is a possibility. Right, there are a couple other like. There's gonna be eight. So if you're taking seven and a half, I got over. All right. Sorry, I misread the question. That's that's, that's my bad. That's what I'm here for. That's my fucking bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Chad, can we get a rundown of the early enrollees? We did that at we did that today. At, better than anybody else will ever do that. We did that. Um, what areas are the new additions expected to key on and any possible followers with the new additions? Uh, well, I think Mike Cummings will key on offensive line. Um, I think Kerry Combs will key on defensive backs. Um, if I had to guess, Gino Gadouli will continue to uh, recruit quarterbacks. Um, Walt Stewart, maybe defensive line linebackers. I could see little that snipers, with Walt. Little, little, snipers, little line, yeah, maybe maybe some rush ends, uh, some guys like Walt. Uh, any possible followers with the new additions again today. 
it, it happened today. Those guys aren't even in the office yet. Can, right. can I get a couple days to regroup? Please? Please? Uh, hold that question off for a week or two. Just go watch highlights uh, on, of Dooley and Walt Stewart for a little bit. Uh, Chad, when can we expect your too deep article? Uh, the offensive one, I'm I'm pretty far along on. Um, I I've I was waiting kind of for some of this coaching stuff to like settle. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, I'll have the offensive one, and then the defensive one probably uh late this week or more likely early next week all right moving on to the basketball side given the recent development since the first half of the Tulane game how do you reset the over under win total from 17 to 19 to something higher what is the absolute realistic best case scenario for the win total I mean, best case scenarios you know win out when the win next out. 12 games could get 20 24 wins is that I, I still think 1920 like this team is going to lose a game where you're like the hell was that like Tulane yeah like that, that I don't think they're past I think they have had a great four or five four and a half game stretch since then but I don't think they're past going two two for 18 from three and not being able to, you know, play with the intensity on the road or at home or whatever that you need and and not having a great game. Well, last night you so, were worried about ECU at ECU. Yeah, I think ECU, like, they've been playing really well. Every year you're worried at ECU. doesn't matter the, the crazy, sport. Right. The crazy thing is they've only lost two games ever at ECU in basketball. Yeah, so, but every other one has just been. They're a, all just a 57, 55 leader. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I still think 20, 19 to 20. I, I would say right now I would go from 17 to 19 to 19 to 21. All right. Welcome and I still, I still adjust the right to reset back to 17 to 19, <laughs> given on the, the how they're playing right now. They're playing really well, uh, I think. I think they're starting to come together. They're starting to figure out roles. They're starting to gel. So I'll go back to 19 to 21. Brent, I hopped on your crazy train, and I'm somewhere between 20 and 22 now, and I don't even want to look back. It's gross. I mentioned I mentioned winning out last night, and Chad looked at me like, we, we were, we're done here. That's, that's I, almost, I almost threw the Yeti at him. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's not entirely far-fetched. All right. So I'm not even going to get that anymore. <laughs> right. Uh, I saw Odie jack a shot from 20 or so yesterday and not in the context of a dying shot clock. Does he have the green light to pull from there or was he just feeling himself? Would love to hear what you think his offensive upside is beyond this season. Uh, he was watching like a, uh, uh, a Bella danger video when he took that shot. There was no one within 10 feet of him. He can't shoot. Like, come on. He, that's, that's why not... there was no one within 10 <laughs> right. feet of him. Right? There's a reason you're open. Two There's inches higher. That's you're... a switch right there, baby. Stop it. That's what she said. <laughs> um, now, so... His offensive ceiling, like, yes. he look, he is the little Kyle Washington. Like, all of a sudden, you're starting to see a little Kyle around the rim flash in Odie from time to time. 
Um, I think he's the one guy, him and Vic are the two guys that like, look, we, Koval and Adu, Ado, Adu, Ado. They're not guys you're just going to throw the ball on the block and think you're going to get a basket. I'm starting to feel better as the season progresses with Odie and Vic. Vic, as long as he doesn't, you know, dribble and allow a guard to just take it from him. Those two guys have some back to the basket game. Um, so I don't hate throwing the ball to Odie on the block and letting him kind of go to work with his skill set around the rim. If he shoots another 20 footer again, curtains. We're gonna have a talk. I'm gonna have a talk with him at practice. <laughs> can, can you imagine if he would have splashed that though? The fan base no, just like, no one could. because the fan base then all of a sudden would be like, Oh, Odie can shoot. No, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Get out of here. All right. Mick mentioned uh Collier's recruitment is starting to wind down. Does it look like a spring decision for him? That I mean, Mick's not on this podcast, so I, I can't answer for Mick on that. Mick's the one that talked to, to Collier uh Saturday Friday or Saturday, whenever Saturday. Um, I don't know. Uh I would guess at earliest late spring, because taking official visits in season is just difficult. It's well, it's difficult for the kid because they and have a bunch the of games, and it's bad for the team because I said on the as I said on the board, you're asking a kid like somebody mentioned coming in like the weekend of the, the Houston home game. What is the staff's number one focus that weekend? Houston. Right. Like beating the juggernaut, the top 10 team in your conference. One, you don't want the staff having to spend 60% of their time entertaining their top recruit. And two, if they do the right thing and they're focused on Houston, you don't want the recruit feeling like I, well, you know, I, I went to Cincinnati for my official visit, but I, I didn't really even get to spend that much time with Wes or, you know, I did. the only way it works is if you bring him here and you beat Houston and all of a sudden the kid is like, let's go. But mm-hmm. like, that's what happened. Like it, it, it just doesn't make any sense. I, I don't like it. I know, I know there are staffs that are, that do it. Uh, I just know from talking to kids and like getting the feel around like what the the general consensus is from kids after they come in uh, on a weekend like that, like it's not great. Like there's a reason they like the primary recruiting weekends are like football weekends, right? Sure. Where the staff can do nothing but love up the kid and just we're going to dinner. I'm hanging out like. We're gonna. You're going to hang out with the team, and your family's going to hang out with the staff. And you know, we're going to Roos Chris Steakhouse or Jeff Ruby's or you know whatever the case may be. You don't get to do that when you have a game, especially a game the magnitude of like Houston, centered around that. Yeah. So that means that his he's taken one visit, I think already. That means his other visits will come in the course of. Uh, after his high school season ends, and probably after most of the the, the teams that are recruiting him season end, um, so then you're looking April, May, and then does the kid want to you know play out his spring AAU? Uh, so maybe a spring decision, but 
I don't think there's any indication that like that's guaranteed. All right. Uh, given that there's a lot of basketball left to play, who do you think has a better shot at AAC Coach of the Year? Wes Miller, Frank Haith, or Fran Dunphy? Fran I'm aware, Dunphy. I'm aware that Dunphy has retired, but still think it's a valid question. No, Fran Dunphy. If they can it, give AAC Coach of the Year to Fran Dunphy, they will. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all there seems to be one water bottle present at the Temple game, and, <laughs> and I, think, I think Fran Dunphy will win. Yeah, I'm going Fran Dunphy without question. But for real, Wes Miller is on a hot streak to win Coach of the Year. I mean, if you're looking at Ken Palm, that like the Cincinnati's right now the number two team in the American. If Wes Miller can pull that off, yeah, I think I think it's probably Wes. Although, you know, Kelvin Sampson, uh, if he wins the AAC with two of his top four guys out, you're going to get a lot of Kelvin Sampson did an incredible job with this Houston group, which without, will be correct without falling off at all, right? which will be correct. Like, yeah. All right. Um, where does UC stack up in the AAC grouping after Houston? Ken Palm has some number two. Uh, I believe the net has a number two. All right. So like what? SMU, they beat SMU. Right. SMU, like UCF who's, is, UCF, I guess, is like the like. Let's see how UC and UCF stack up when they play. Um, well, and if they can beat Memphis at home, I think you got the split there, and I think at that point you go by schedule, right? Well, Memphis is Memphis is losing to fucking everybody that's not named Cincinnati. But if if they beat us twice, I don't know. But that you it can... doesn't matter if they finish eighth. Oh. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I get your point that they would have the tiebreaker, but if Cincinnati finishes third and Memphis finishes seventh, that the tiebreaker doesn't mean much. In all fairness, you got us losing some some other games too here, so we'll, yeah, it's, it's a lot of wait and see. So, I, but I I Memphis has lost those games. <laughs> like, I'm the inconsistency you. has already happened there. Um, I a, look. When I was the the January first, the disaster of a two lane game, I did the pregame show with Terry Nelson. Terry Nelson said he thinks the Bearcats are the second best team in this league. At the end of that game, I thought Terry Nelson was a fucking lunatic, <laughs> and I love Terry, but I'm like, uh, that was a that's a bad look. Yeah, like you you got them second. They just lost home at home to Tulane. Um, now, I. I don't think it's far-fetched to think Cincinnati's the second-best team in this league. Okay. Let's see what happens at Temple and at ECU. Okay. Um, this question was for Brady. I'll ask it and see what your guys' opinion is. It ended up in the basketball mailbag. Um, there was an apology for that. But um, in the old days, the offense was not able to, quote, help a running back by pushing, not legally anyway. Now the push from behind is designed into a lot of plays. Who from the 2021 team would you see best as the pusher? Uh, same question for the coming year. Are there any players you would not want to see pushing because they would hurt someone, one of our guys? Um, and then do you anticipate more design pushes in UC's future? I don't remember all that many this year. Push, push. Uh, <laughs> I mean – what this past year, if, if Mets was out, then Mets, and then if Vinny Bulldozer. was out, then Vinny. 
Sure. Next year, Watley, Jabari, Malik. I mean, I think like Doggett, Gillison, those are two guys that could they could get behind a running back and push his ass into the end zone. They were Rob Jackson. That's a big Rob dude. Jackson would just pick him up and carry him <laughs> into the end zone. <laughs> um and then do you anticipate more design pushes in UC's future? Who knows? We Cam don't know Jones? what we don't know what Gino designs at this point. Cam Jones. Cam, Cam Jones, Jones would be a good one. pusher. Yeah. Push. 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 Ow. Uh, who will play the most important <laughs> role? Ooh, baby, baby. Who's going to play the most important baby. role for the rest of the season out of these three post players? Aduado, Koval, and Lockin. Good God. Game to game. Like, that's what we've learned, right? There are games that's going to be one. There are games that's going to be the other. There's game, like, I, I, I don't have an answer for that question because – I don't think there's any one of the three that just is a perfect fit for like every game. This guy is going to give us what we need. Like that, that was on display as perfectly as possible yesterday. They make adjustments, right? So yeah. when, when one person's being taken away from the equation, we've seen the elevation of other players in this type of situation. And that's even with locking out. So I'm with you. Hey, let's, let's trust the fact that, I'm getting a feeling that Wes is a pretty good coach. Like we're starting to learn that Wes is figuring out the buttons to push. Let's not pigeonhole like this guy is going to be the guy or that guy is going to be the guy. Let's let him push the buttons. All right. And the last portion of the 513shirts.com mailbag. Here we go. The Banks portion. And I did want to point out uh, Mo Egger, as part of the Bearcat Journal staff, did write his very first article for Bearcat Journal, which you can find in the Banks board. Um, so be sure to check that out. But uh, first question comes from Skins, of course. Uh, greetings from lovely Mesa, Arizona, trying a different route today. What is your one irrational fear? P.S. Mine is flying off a road and plummeting to my death. My daughter almost killed me Saturday at 7,000 feet. It's unfortunate if she failed. Well, that was <laughs> a dark turn. <laughs> Walking across a bridge over water. Hmm. It, it, it creeps me out. I know I'm fine. There's a railing. Like, I'm safe. But looking down from a bridge and seeing, like, water 40 or 50 feet below gives me the heebie-jeebies. What you got, Brent? Man, mine are bugs, man. I hate bugs. <laughs> I really, really do not like bugs. All bugs? Like there's no Big bugs, bugs down small with. bugs. I really hate moths. Like <laughs> I'm gonna be straight up honest with you. I bugs scare the crap out of me. Like, like you know a moth all a moth can do is like eat your shirt. I, I man, I just I, I don't like them, man. If they're they're flying around like oh man, stink bugs, they really scare me a lot. <laughs> Um, for me, it's flying. Like I damn near have a panic attack every time I'm flying. Like I, I, my mind just starts running in complete overdrive. I don't even know. Um, all right. Next question. Bengals versus Titans. How are we feeling? What are the keys to a Bengals victory? And I'll even add 
This goes with the next question. Yeah. Right. I, I didn't want to spend too much time on two different questions here. Uh, how do the Bengals stop Derrick Henry without Trey Hendrickson and Larry Ogunjobi? Um, the only one of those who's been ruled out at this point is Larry Ogunjobi, who has been placed on IR. Um, and can we win without both of them? Uh, Trey Hendrickson is in the um, concussion protocol. Can they win without both of them? Probably not. I don't know. People are talking about Geno Atkins coming back, which if he's not back on this roster yet, I don't know that that's going to happen. You're, no, no. Aaron, I think this question's it, right up your wheelhouse. Yeah, you answer this question. This is you. I mean, Derrick Henry, we, we don't know what Derrick Henry looks like post his right. We haven't his seen him. Yeah. Uh, that said, this I, I saw a it was the uh the meme of Will Smith on Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and it was DJ Reader walking into the defensive lineman room today, just no looking around. No, no one's there. Um it's it's decimated. It's it's like DJ Reader and Sam Hubbard and a bunch of guys. Uh, that's concerning. Um, this this defense is going to have to figure some things out. That said, um, I don't put anything past Joe Burrow in that right. offense, especially if Zach Taylor com- can continue to do the things that he did in this first playoff win, which was give Joe Burrow the keys to the to the to the sports car, let him drive, and you got to quit being so conservative in the red zone. Good God, you got to quit being so conservative in the red zone. I was I was at a uh, I was at a, a gathering for the game, a, a very small gathering at my best friend's house that we've talked about, and uh, one of the one of the people there kept. I Joe Mixon's going to run for one fifty, and I'm like, if Joe Mixon runs for one fifty, you've taken the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands, and that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Like, okay, if the Bengals get up. 31 to 10. And then you hand it off to Joe Mixon 20 times. I get it. Okay. Right. You're right. And then you get to say, I was right. I was right. But the reality is let Joe cook. Mm -hmm. That pass he threw to CJ Uzama was the tightest window I've ever seen Joe Burrow throw. And in all fairness, I didn't see any of his LSU passes, but that was the tightest window I've ever seen him hit in a Bengals uniform. I, I thought it was an optical illusion. I thought the ball went through the defender's hands. Yeah. The defender's it, helmet. The it, helmet, not the hands. It passed. The helmet. It passed like here, like his right. shoulder and helmet. Crazy. A millisecond from his ear hole. Crazy. Well, and another thing I think that that is for this game is the fact that I, I believe all the pressure was on the team and the staff and everyone well, to kind of win that game. Yeah. Last Lucky's week. off the back. Now yes. you're playing now. Playing with house money type thing. Yep. The Titans are the one seed. Yep. They've got Derrick Henry back. Home. Yes, that that they're at home. Of course, that is like, you know, a, a, should be a, a boost to them. But the Bengals have been far better on the road this year than they've been in Paul Brown Stadium. They have no pressure. The concern would be the reason this defense has been way better than expected is because of the play of the defensive line. Can the remnants of whatever's left behind hold up to Mike Vrabel's crazy ass, right? Physical. We're going to punch you right in the fucking mouth offense. And if they can hold their own and make Tennessee make passing plays, Mm-hmm. Potentially, I mean, the thing you got to do, right? If you like, 
you can get up 14 to three on Tennessee. Then with Joe Burrow, let's go. Let's go. I, 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 you didn't want Kansas City. You didn't nope. want Buffalo. No. No. Let Kansas City and Buffalo, like, that's going to be. Beat each other up. An amazing. I can't wait to watch Kansas City Buffalo. That should be a good one. Can't wait to watch Kansas City Buffalo. But I think the Bengals can beat the Titans, man. I do. I'm with I you. Do. All right, last question. With Jordan Thompson at the last basketball game, where does she rank all-time best athlete out of UC? Top five. Without question. Sandy. Where Oscar. in the top five? Sandy, Oscar, Kelsey. Kenyon. Kelsey's now definitely up there. Which one? Travis. Travis. Don't. Yeah. Kelsey would agree. Kelsey has demanded Kansas City Chiefs stuff. She is a, like, she's a Chiefs stand now. Hardcore. All right, so top five. There's your answer. Uh, and top that, five. That is the 513shirts.com mailbag. Again, all orders over $45 get free shipping. Enter code BCJ for 10% off. You get 15% off the Malik Van collection and whatever other deals they got going on. Not 15% off whatever other deals, but they, yeah. they also have other deals going on. Yeah. There's the right, clarification. Well, anything else, guys? No. This no, is a long one. podcast. No. It, uh, you get Brady for an hour. It is what it is. Hey, it's thank you for all of those who stuck with us. Numbers have been pretty pretty close about as the, best uh, as best we've done in terms of yep sustaining through two and a half hours like so, you guys are figuring out this is this is how to do it stick through the whole podcast and uh see if we drop anything so i was gonna and, say uh, you got any nuggets kelly's, here kelly's telling me to pipe down you got you got any nuggets here at the end now that it's 10 30 and your daughter's already in bed no i guess it, it's 10 she went to bed at 10 so i have to be quiet now <laughs> Are we gonna, loud. It's just the way you talk. Are we going to do ASMR nuggets? <laughs> you already talked about your girl Abella, so might as well. I mean, I just, you know, <laughs> I thought it was appropriate. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, guys, it was a good one. Uh, special thanks to Brady Collins. Special thanks to Danco Transmission, 513shirts.com. And of course, Home Field. Big time. Check it I out. can't wait for this. I can't wait for this line to drop on Saturday so you guys can see how awesome it is. I'm surprised Ed hasn't already hit me up knowing that I have seen all of the images. <laughs> it is big time. But for my good pals, good good friends, partners in crime, Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel, I am Brent Young. Yet again, this is another fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya!